10, 9, 9 8, 8, 7, 6, 6 5, 5, 4, 4 3, 3, 2, two. Uh oh. oh! Once again, <laughs> once again, we did it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Everyone outside and in between. Welcome. Welcome. Back. Back. Five years. Five years to the day that we are recording this. That is not a joke. That is not a bit. Th- this that is not a today, joke. January eighth, five years ago, me and Andrew posted the very first episode of Welcome Back. Ever. And here we are. And here we are. Episode two fifty two. Tips and Tops 2022. How different we both are. How different we both are. Holy shit. We were, we recorded this in my in my bedroom in Harlem. I had Justice League in my tips in my honorable mentions. Yeah. That movie's not even the <laughs> same anymore. No, it's not. That movie's not even the same anymore. <laughs> Everything's changed. Every- We've changed. The world has changed. Justice League has changed. <laughs> uh, but we're still here. But we're still standing. We're still yeah, standing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andrew. Uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves. Um, hi. <laughs> this is a very long conversation about movies and art. And extra long. Whatever today. else we feel like talking about. Extra art and extra stuff today. Um, and I am uh, your producer, Sam Bannigan. And I am Andrew Thomas. Sam Bannigan, how are you doing this week? This week uh, is pretty all right. I'm tired. I've been working every day. Um, but I've been watching. I've been. Uh, I've been catching up on our on our lists all week. I've only missed, I think, one or two things on each list, which ain't too bad. Ain't too bad. Um, ain't too bad. Um, yeah. It's, so it's been. It's been nice, you know, listening to stuff and watching stuff and and uh, just getting through the work. Getting uh, getting into your, the brain of the other person. Yeah, it's always nice to kind of learn more about a friend of yours and and what they like, and and then be able to like engage with them on as to why they like it. Um, I think that's that's pretty interesting. I gotta say, uh, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I say it. But I'm not going to spoil your list. But there, there's music, there's albums on both of our list, and I've listened to yeah. some albums. I listened to the first song of one of the albums, and I said, "Oh, good lord." <laughs> yeah man i said oh good lord yeah that, oh, first, hey, that first line really gets it it just sets said, you up oh, and it's geez. just like here we go oh, here we go baby <laughs> yeah yeah you gave me fun album to listen to and i gave you a sad album to listen to <laughs> it was uh yeah a wild time um yeah but how how are you how was your week how's 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 Andrew? My week, the first week of the year, the first week of 2022. Yeah. 2023. 2023. <laughs> uh, every year. You can go back. <laughs> this is a trip. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's been good. Good so far. Been having a lot of fun this this first week. Uh, right. I'm going home to Texas to get great. I will finally the holidays will finally end for me, and I get to move on. I shaved my face. You shaved your face. That's weird. People look at you differently. That's true. There was there was. A... I like how I like how when I was in New York in October, you were like, "I'm gonna shave my head." And now you've shaved your face before you've shaved the rest of your head. Yeah. Which I just think is funny. Yeah. Because I know my beard will grow back. It's true. Because <laughs> I know my. Because I know that. <laughs> so when the beard comes back, or that is then Who that knows? when you're gonna do the who's do to the full say? Shave? Okay. You don't want to just look like a thumb of a person walking around with like That's... no beard and no exactly. And no hair. So yeah. I was like, if I'm ever gonna shave, <laughs> and it's not to Now's abuse my grandchildren, yeah, right. Now's the time. <laughs> When's the last this time you it. shaved? One. First week of 2023. Yeah, you could say that. It's 2060. <laughs> Andrew's got fucking locks coming out of his Yeah, face. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of locks. Nope. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> locks, pox, tips, and tops. That's what hey. I'm talking about. Hey. Um, we made it one whole year. Another one. One whole year. Another like one. Like it or not. Thought. Like it or not, we made it one Yeah. One year, <laughs> one more year. Yeah, to all the to all the haters out exactly. there. Exactly, we fucking did it. Fuck, fuck you, motherfucker. Um, and we I watched some was. things. And we we watched a lot things. of things. We liked a lot of things. Do you wanna? Do you have your your letterbox stats? No, uh, I easily don't. available. I do not. Ah, oh, dang. Okay, then never mind. No, if you want to do yours, do yours. No, I thought it would just be funny to uh, to see how many movies we watched in 2022. <coughs> Mine was like one, like 125. Okay, I was like, I'm I'm 94. All right, so pretty much so the pretty same. Good. Well, <laughs> you eh. have 30 more movies than I did. I guess that um, is the math, huh? Yeah, that is the math. Uh, yeah, that's fun. That's a lot of movies. That is. That's just movies. That's just movies. Let alone TV shows and YouTube and uh, exactly uh, 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 all the all the millions of other things. Um. So yeah, if if you've ever listened to Tips and Tops before, you know we kind of have our own categories that andrew came up with our first year uh of doing this uh and we've stuck to it because we like them so uh we're gonna go through so deal with it yeah fucking deal with it motherfucker um we're gonna go through we have our top disappointments we have moments score uh screenplay (coughs) performances directors and then of course our full top 10 sprinkled pieces of media of uh of 2022 um and because we are 
us and this is how we do these things we're gonna kick it off <laughs> with our top three disappointments of the year yes indeed starting off strong yes let's just add all the all the bad stuff that happened let's just all unpack I'll, it in this in these six movies we're unpack it right here right here if they're so, matching some of these might match some of them might match. I don't. Think I don't so, think so. But <laughs> um, for disappointments, I'll start, uh, and then we can kind of switch back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, each category who starts off. Um, so I don't actually have any honorable mentions. I feel like this year, I don't know. I don't know how the how this was for you, but this year it felt. I don't know. I had a lot of struggles with my tips and tops list this year. I was going back and forth on a lot of stuff. I was I was struggling to find stuff. Uh, you know, it was it, I was struggling to like order the things in a way that I that I was like happy with. Yeah, it was just tough this year, and also this year, you know, I just I just wasn't as excited and then disappointed by as many things. I get you. That makes a lot of sense. So I don't have any honorable mentions for disappointments. <laughs> Same. Um. You also don't. I Look at also that. don't. Um, so my number three disappointment is uh, Don't Worry Darling. Uh, a movie that I thought looked pretty interesting. Had a really good cast and then just didn't really do much of much of nothing. Really farted in its own uh, poop. <laughs> yeah, really, it really just shat, shat the bed over there. Um, yeah, that, that's my number three. We don't need to talk about it a whole lot. We have a whole episode about it. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to do yours, or do you want me to go through my whole list and then you, you go, go through your list? whole list, and I'll do my whole list. Cool, great. Um, so then my number two uh, is Nope, Jordan Peele's. Really? Nope. I was really excited for that movie, and I still and to be to be fair to Nope, I don't think it is a bad film it just wasn't what i was wanting out of that movie it's not bad it's disappointment there's it's a reason why we have it it's not bad there's it's a, a reason dis- it's disappointment there's a reason i mean don't worry darling is bad <laughs> but i was also disappointed by it uh i was mainly just disappointed by nope it just didn't work for me uh and my number one disappointment of the year uh is obi-wan the uh the tv show oof uh characters that i loved bringing back the boys the dream team the dream team and then just a fucking nothing of a tv show that uh, i have only grown more and more sour on as the days go by yeah i believe it i watched that like i've done with the majority of the marvel shows this year i yeah. just watched like on twitter and the big highlights I go on Twitter hey. and I just look at the big highlights and I go, ah, cool. Yeah, I, that would that would have been a good way to watch this show. I, I watched all of Daredevil and She-Hulk that way. <laughs> and She-Hulk was good. I just... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what about you? What are, what are your top three disappointments of, of 2022? Mine, uh... They're not good. <laughs> Some are better than, the, than others, but... Sure, but these are just the ones you were disappointed by. Yeah, so they can be. So number three for me is Jurassic World Dominion. 
Yeah, hell yeah, okay. I, as if you listen to the show, you know, and me and Sam have had many fights about this. I we do have many love fights. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, yeah. specifically that one. Jurassic World, yeah. whatever. But Fallen Kingdom, that's your road dog. Yes, I love it. So I was like, okay, all right, capping off the trilogy. It's not even about dinosaurs. No, it's about bugs. It's not even, <laughs> like, it's so... That's, that's locust world. It's so, like, feels so cynical. It's so negative. And yeah. it, I can't believe it made a billion dollars. Looking up these Avatar stats and seeing Jurassic World. Just like yeah. three movies below it. Yeah. And two of the movies ahead of it, like, changed movies. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> it's just like, in Jurassic World, really? That's three? Really? That's that's the one that we chose yeah. as, as a society? <clears throat> number three, or number two. Number two. Would be Bros. Bros, okay. You you were disappointed by Bros. I was, as a big Billy Eichner fan. It was it was the Cardinal Sin. Just wasn't really that funny. There are moments that I liked, and there I say to this day, I was shocked how by how sweet it was. How like mm-hmm. sincere it was. But there I need the cob in my rom com. And there, it, was, it felt very sure, just sure. not funny. And I was, I, yeah, yeah. I just, this is what you said about Nope. Like, again, it's a fine movie. I was just very, I wanted something more from Billy Eichner's first, like, Hollywood. Big thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I get that. And number one. Number one disappointment. Thor 4. The fourth Thor. Thor. Yeah. Love and Thunder. Once again, Thor Ragnarok. Like, Rick. just hit, hit me in the soul when it came out. Yeah. Taika Wachini. I've been knowing about Taika before I went to high school and seeing his yeah. glow up just this whole time. And then Free Guy, you're like, oh, that was just a misstep. And then he just completely fell flat on his face. Yeah. Just like so not good. So ugly. Yeah. So uninspired. Yeah. It it is just heartbreaking. I'm more it's not even that Thor Thor four the fourth Thor is is disappointing. It's not I'm disappointed in Taika Watiti. That's who I'm disappointed yeah. in, truly. It, that's fair. Did you did you check out uh, Our Flag Means Death? Nah, or? that's the thing. That might be the saving grace, right? That might be that might be more up your alley. I didn't really love it. I still haven't finished the season. Um, I I didn't love it, but it, it might be it might be the saving grace for for you and Taika. Yeah, just for Thor. Not good. <laughs> Yeah. And it's my yeah. guy. I've been loving Thor since the first Thor. It wasn't good yeah. to like Thor when Thor the Dark yeah. World came out, but I did. Yeah, it's true. These are. And he got the fourth it. movie out of everyone. He got the fourth one. What a slap yeah. in the face to me. Yeah, to Andrew Thomas specifically. I like Thor the Dark World. 
but I don't like Thor Love and Thunder. Take that yeah. for what you will. That's a wild that's a wild take. Uh, do you want to start off and list off all of your honorable mentions? These are the movies that for your tip for your top ten things just couldn't quite make it. For this, that, or the other. It. In no particular yeah. order, yes, I do. Yeah, no particular order. Um, Great. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I loved. Very fun. Think you should check it out. Turning Red. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful little movies. Uh, Halloween Ends. Corey Cunningham Forever. Corey Cunningham Forever. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, The Fablemans. Sweet film. Babylon. Mm-hmm. Avatar. Way of Water. The uh, X and Pearl. Ty West. Two movies that came out this year. Shared Universe. Oh, okay. Uh, love them. And then just to shout out a, a non-movie thing. And just like that. Came out earlier this year. The next chapter in Sex in the City. And just like that, even though they did my my, my girl Samantha Jones dirty. That, that came out of nowhere. I know, Holy right? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention it. That's why it's called Honorable Mentions. I think I yeah. think it was just a very interesting season of television to a major Great. show. After watching yeah. Succession, I HBO's the GOAT. Not just yeah, the consistent the, the consistency of how yeah. great their shows are. Are you, yeah, are you the excited last of for? Show starts right away. I was about to oh, say. So, are you excited? Oh, 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 I'm so excited. Oh, it's gonna be hopefully good, or or it's gonna be my number one disappointment of the year, and there is no in between. <laughs> we shall. See. I know that going in. I know that going in. What are yours? Uh, yeah, also in no particular order, uh, my honorable mentions uh, are The Fablemans. Very sweet. Really loved it, but just didn't quite get there. Uh, Self-Help by Future Teens. It's an album that I really loved. Um, I have a few albums on here. Uh, uh, also, The Unraveling of Pup the Band by Pup. A really fun concept-ish album from Pup. Uh, one of my favorite bands. Um, really, really wonderful. Um, just to knock out the other albums here, uh, Pool Kids by Pool Kids. It's a self-titled album that they released. Fantastic. Um, Fear by Stand Atlantic. Wonderful modern pop punk uh, band that that I think I'm actually going to see in concert next month, which I'm really excited for. Uh, and then uh, Rom-Com uh, by Jakey. Uh, he's a YouTuber who also does rap stuff on the side and, and finally released a little EP and it's really good. Uh, very fun. Um, and then we also got uh, Glass Onion, um, The Batman, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Bros is on my honorable mentions. Um, Pearl and X are also on my honorable mentions. Uh, the Northman also on there um and uh disney channel's theme a history mystery uh is a fucking great documentary on youtube highly recommend it if you check out nothing else from my honorable mentions check that one out uh it's 90 (coughs) minutes it's fucking it's a banger uh and then i have a couple games on my on my honorable mentions a roller drone which is uh if tony hawk had guns and it's fucking sick (laughs) 
What? Um, what? If Tony Hawk had guns. Yeah, you remember Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Of course. Like the video game? That was yeah. one of those what video if, games that I played. Yeah, what if you were playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but you also had guns? Good lord. So you're so in order to get more ammo for your guns, you have to do tricks on like roller skates. Yeah. And then you're trying to like do tricks and maintain a combo while also killing all the enemies in the cool. in the level and it's fucking sick as shit. Um uh Neon White uh is a really really great um first person uh speedrunning platformer game that that I fucking loved. I I played it like it was nobody's business and no joke i'm like top 100 at that game on playstation hey like i like i was like oh this makes sense like this it was a game that just like clicked for me yeah uh love it it it, the dialogue is so cringy i couldn't put it on my list on my top 10 but it's cringy on purpose but it is still very fucking cringy and it's hard to hard to get through um, and then also, uh, I got really into Magic the Gathering this year. Um, I started playing a lot more Commander with friends. and, and That's it's been, fine. Um, really, really wonderful to to play this game. And to meet people like that I wouldn't expect to be into Magic. Suddenly we have this like nerdy thing to talk about yes. and bond over. And that's that's been really, really nice all year. Yes. Yeah, that's great. What's all about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I'll just roll right into my number 10. Let's do it. On my, on my top 10. My 10th favorite thing from this year is Babylon. Um, yeah, we did a whole episode on this. It was kind of a, uh, one of the, it was like the last episode we did in 2022, um, and I just, I loved this movie. I thought it was really fantastic. Um, the energy of it, the, the story, the, the scope of it, how it kind of wraps up Damien Chazelle's, um, thoughts on Hollywood and, and, uh, just everything, um, was, was really great. And, and a movie that I think I'll, I'll be returning to, um, every once in a while, just to be like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. This is right. This is, this is what this is. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh art has always been dying. Yeah, okay, I get it. I'm 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 with you, Damien. I'm, I'm down with you. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, do you it was on your honorable mention, so you, you also really like this. Do you have any any um, thoughts? I enjoyed this movie. I've actually seen it again on Tuesday. Oh wonderful. Um, and I'm really excited. Movies are really great the second time you watch them. Sometimes. Yeah. You see a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited. I am, no matter how, because I do have issues with the film, but, like, golly, that's a that's a capital F film. Yeah, truly. Yeah, big fan. Uh, big fan. It's a good, it's a good fucking movie. Uh, what is your what is your number ten, Andrew? My number ten is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, so yeah. I've just been going through a thing with the MCU lately. Yeah, it's been rough. You're in, even... you're out. You're excited. Uh, you're not exactly. excited. Exactly. 
you're disappointed. You, it's on your top ten. It's all it's all exactly. over exactly. Spider Man really broke me because it was like everything I hated and everything I loved. Everything everything that what these movies are and everything that these movies could be. Yeah. And Doctor Strange just hit me. Like it's not a movie that I think works for everyone, but that weird black light poster B movie is just everything that I wanted. It's fun. It was a great way to start the summer. Then Tom Cruise slapped it in the face. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing with that's the thing with Doctor Strange. I think this movie came out in like February because I'm like, yeah, you mean the only movie that came out this summer, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, that was a summer movie, really? (laughs) Yeah, but um, it was it was just that. Especially watching it when I watched it the first time, it was just such a like. I was very excited. I was excited for Sam Raimi to come back. I was excited to see what they were going to do, and like, I was gonna say this. I think this movie, the first Avengers. An Avengers Infinity War. Martin Scorsese was right. This is a new art form. This is this is something else. It is. And I think those three okay. movies really show the, the points of what they can be. The first Avengers okay. being just, this is the team up. We had all these films building up to this film. Avengers yeah. Infinity War going, listen, this has to be a new thing. This has... There's no plot. It's just people doing things. It's just insanity. <laughs> Either you're with us or you're lost. And we don't care which one you are. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Or this, where it's just like we have all... We have 23 movies of baggage. Not even 23. Like 29. They're at 30. Yeah. A baggage. But also... Should just this be fun? Should Doctor Strange have a cape full of demons while he's a zombie? Because that's what this is. That's what this is. It's Honestly, just that, dumb. Is, that is the best pitch for for Doctor Strange that I've ever heard. That that is good. That that is that is painting that movie in a different light for me. I don't really like that movie. I had to rewatch it for this, and I was I bored to tears. Yeah. I was like, I don't. I'm not digging this at all, but that, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. You always liked the MCU way more than I yeah. did, so it's very interesting to to see you have these sorts of takes on it. I I think that's really cool. That's and really knowing that everyone hates it, this feels like my last Jedi. <laughs> this is Andrew Thomas's personal. Knowing that last people Jedi. just like hate it. Yeah. I'm just like, no, it's great. They killed off everyone's like they killed off the Illuminati, all that all that wasted potential. And I'm like, yeah, they killed off the Illuminati. All that wasted po- <laughs> They brought Patrick Stewart back from like a great performance, like a top tier yeah. performance in these movies. Just to snap his yeah. neck. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, yeah, isn't that the crazy. coolest thing? <laughs> and Sam Raimi got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a blast. Blast of a film. These movies aren't right. destroyed art, but hey, sometimes they can be fun. <laughs> well, but you can also have fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
uh, roll right into your number nine, friend. Go, number go nine would be Renaissance Part One. Beyonce. Part one. Yeah, this is part one. This is part one. Yeah, I feel okay. Like I'm in love. I think as an artist, have you listened to Lemonade? I have listened to some of it. Yeah. Have you? Did you listen to this to Renaissance? I did. I yeah. I listened. I listened to. I I, I only missed a couple things on your list. Um. And actually, I didn't. Actually, I only missed one thing on your list because you took Pearl and X off of it. Yeah. Uh, so I watched X, and then I didn't watch Pearl, and then I didn't watch something else that's higher up on your list. Ah. Uh, so, but I, I everything else, I think, I think I'm, I'm there. Sick. So yeah, I listened to Renaissance. I thought it was good. It was like, I'm not a huge pop person. Yes. Um, but it was still like I was still like recognizing that Beyonce was operating at a level that pop artists just like aren't operating on yeah right and i was like and i was like if this came on at a party or at the or at a bar or something i would be like hell yeah this is good like this is actually good yeah compared to most other pop music yeah for sure i for me i was just shocked because Lemonade is such like a a reclaiming of black women and their femininity yeah. uh and their strength. And and Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. Ain't that crazy? He That's cheated crazy. on Beyonce. Beyonce! Yeah. Ain't that crazy? That's really that whole That's album. Crazy. Beyonce! Yeah. He cheated on Beyonce. Me, Beyonce! <laughs> what <laughs> wouldn't you kill your mother? By choking her with a belt just to be with me for a night? Yeah, because I'm Beyonce. And he cheated on me. Yeah. (laughs) And to turn this into just like horny music that that are just boppy. Horny, horny bops. The horniest bops I've ever heard in my whole life. And that's it. All she wanted to do in every song was fuck. Yes. And I was like, I'm fine with this, Beyonce. You're living your life, girl. Yes. But goddamn. And it's just such like... Why are you like moaning in my ear? I'm trying to walk home from work. <laughs> it is such... And it's all just like fun. They're all it's fun, very fun music. And to like have such a thoughtful thing and then just have one... Just, you know just having fun with it you're just you're just doing it to because music is fun it can make people move artists at the top of their game love to see it yeah yeah um (laughs) and your number nine my number nine is um a starstruck odyssey uh this is a dimension 20 season that they did this year uh dimension 20 is uh college humor's dropout uh exclusive um dungeons and dragons or general tabletop rpg uh actual play show uh, mainly dm'd by brandon lee mulligan uh, a starstruck odyssey they did they played a game called sw5e which is a star wars hack of fifth edition dungeons and dragons um and they did a sci-fi season set in the world of starstruck which is a comic book series written by 
uh, Brandon Lee Mulligan's mother. Ah. Uh, so it was really nice to kind of revitalize Starstruck. Um, and Brandon has all of the history and everything in his brain because he grew up around it because his mom was a writer and his godfather is the artist who <laughs> drew all the comics. Um, so he had a really deep connection to it. And I, I love Dimension 20. It's it's by far my favorite actual play show. Um, and them doing a sci-fi season was something that I had wanted for a really long time. Uh, and they finally did it. And it's like, it's so exactly my shit. Yeah. It's like tabletop RPG, a Star Wars system, crunchy tactical, <sighs> like tabletop combat mixed with... Uh, crazy like <laughs> crazy storylines and some of the best running jokes that i think dimension 20 has had in a very long time um they have this this bit <laughs> where they're they're they the heroes play a, a like ragtag group of of like essentially bounty hunters not really bounty hunters they kind of are are mercenaries more than bounty hunters but you know um and they're all down on their luck and they're all shitty and everything's going kind of poorly for them. But as the, as the season goes on, things start getting better and better for them. And so they keep saying the ball is rolling up. Uh, anytime something goes well, they're like, the ball is rolling up. Yeah. The ball's rolling up. Uh, which uh, kind of became this like <laughs> Sisyphean curse that they were placing on themselves of like, oh yeah, the ball is rolling up. And it will eventually roll back down the hill that we're pushing it on and we'll have to start all over again was like the vibe of this thing. Um, And it was just so much fun. I watched it every week and and it was just like, it was just a blast. And I, and I hope that they go back to back to starstruck um, because it's just fun and goofy and just the right kind of smart. And, and yeah, it's just great. I, I, could recommend it to anybody who likes this sort of stuff. And you watch other uh, tabletop games, or is this just the only one you watch? This is main. This has basically become the only one I watch. I, I was listening to the Adventure Zone. I, I didn't really like the last season that they did, but I want to get back into it. They have a they started a new season not too long ago, and they're playing a new game that I want to hear more about. Um. And I have, uh, my friend got me to watch uh, one of the short seasons, short sort of like side seasons of uh, Critical Role uh, in the fall, um, which I didn't love, but I I understood why people love it a bit more, um, which was nice. Um, And I've I've been meaning for two, three years now to to really dig into uh, Friends at the Table. Uh, which is another really great. I've listened to some episodes and I really liked it, but it's just like so dense. Yeah. That it, I'm like, I already listened to like three dense podcasts, man. I can't do another I one. I can't add another one to, on the deck. <laughs> yeah. I listened to a video game podcast that puts out like two episodes a week. Fucking more civilized age. It comes out every other week. I'm like, these are long fucking podcasts. I gotta, I gotta keep yeah. up. I got other stuff going on, man. So it's just tough. What uh, makes my guess? My thing is, is just like what to you makes Dimension Twenty special? Because this is not the first time that they popped up on your list. No, they popped up on my list last year. Yeah, too. Um, yeah. Dimension Twenty to me, 
really encapsulates kind of everything that I like about tabletop. Whereas these other things, the Adventure Zone, Friends of the Table, Critical Role, capture like parts of what I really love about tabletop. But Dimension 20 to me is like, it's a group of people who clearly really like being around each other with a DM who is actively trying to like tell interesting, meaningful stories. Yeah. Um, while also being able to take input from the players and see where they're at and kind of like integrate a lot of like what's going on all the time um, into this uh, ongoing narrative throughout the season. Um, And, and it's also like, like these running jokes that happen are something that happens naturally at a tabletop like situation. We, we had plenty. We had Homer turning into different races all the time. We had, we had just the name, the devil's three way come up, you know, like there were, there are these jokes that like develop pretty naturally. Um, and, and it's not that these running jokes don't end up on the adventure zone or on critical role or on friends at the table, but there's something about the energy that the, the players on dimension 20 bring, cause they're all improvisers um, and they're all comedians rather than like being voice actors or just general nerds who yeah. do content creation um or like you know podcasters it's like they are they are all about doing like being in the moment and like capturing whatever is happening right then and there um and so i think that that for me really elevates it to to another level of of uh actual play content yeah so if, i recommend it i think the whole season of starstruck is on youtube for free um there's a bunch of really great edits of like funny moments uh, i highly recommend there's like a 10 minute video of dimension 20 starstruck odyssey gunny and barry at the casino which is just a really good scene that happens in one of these episodes two of the characters go to a casino looking for chef's tools Sick. Um, and <laughs> And things just get kind of crazy. And, and it's really good. Uh, I'm going to roll right on into my top moments. For sure. Of the year. What were the yeah, things yeah. that just stuck with you? The moments in anything you witnessed? Yeah. I have a couple of honorable mentions for this one. Real quick. Uh, I have the, the Don't Fear the Reaper needle drop in X, which just kicks ass it's just fucking good um i have uh the proposal scene uh between uh barry keown and carrie condon in the banshees oh, and sharon oh. uh i love that scene so much i have uh the whole dog fighting training sequence in top gun maverick uh and then i have a rock falling off a cliff followed by a second rock falling off a cliff in everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, that's just a mention. These are just the mentions. Uh, so my top three moments, my number three moment of the year was beating Elden Ring. Must have felt great, right? It felt so good. Like it just like Elden Ring is such a good fucking video game. And uh, can I say something real quickly more of course, Um, yeah, Justin, because I was telling him about your list and he was like, can I tell you about Elden Ring? 
And he like started off, he was like, so Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out. And it changed the yeah. way video games kind of worked and this and that. And also Dark Souls. That Dark Souls changed this and that. So Elder Ring is kind of just a mixture of both. Yeah. In, in this, it's just a huge step forward in what video games are and and what it, and I don't know. I bet beating it was just like a it like it feels really fucking good. Like it, that that game really towards the end really puts you through your paces and it's just like, "Hey motherfucker, are you good enough to beat this?" And I fucking was, motherfucker. I fucking did it. Uh, it felt great. I I started a second playthrough not too long after I I beat it. I then got really busy and then I broke my wrists and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I, and then other video games happen and I was like, oh, I got to play other video games, but that Elden Ring is waiting for me. And I know, I know it's just there for me whenever I need to go and fucking play one of the best video games ever made. Incredible. It's fucking good. Um, my top two moment uh, of the year uh, is uh, Marva's speech in the final episode of Andor. Uh, I could talk forever about how good this fucking show is, um, but Marva's speech at the end of that, <coughs> the end of that uh, season, is just beautifully written, is wonderfully performed, uh, and was and like I got goosebumps. I get goosebumps when I think about this scene, um, the way the people in the, in the crowd are reacting, uh, and, and the building of tension and the, and the way that it ebbs and flows and into fucking a bunch of (laughs) people at a funeral fighting a bunch of riot cops. It's pretty fucking sick. Uh, and just Marva's like, I would wake up early and be fighting is mwah, beautiful. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Yeah. So good. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my second moment of, of the year. And my number one moment of the year. Better than beating Elden Ring. Better than beating Elden Ring. Better than one of the best speeches in any television show. You know, in another life. I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. Big bang, crackle jackle. Uh. Just, just stab me in the heart. Just twist it around a little bit. Oh, it's just ain't so that life. But ain't that life though? But ain't that life? Oh, perfect, beautiful moment uh, in in everything, everywhere. Just a uh, just ooh. Ooh, like I, I know it's like, you know, one of the cliched moments of this movie, but it's fucking, it's good, man. It's just good. It's just good. It's just good. Uh, those are, that's my moments. Uh, what about you? What are, my you got moments, any honorable mentions? I don't have any honorable mentions. That's uh, okay. But I can just hop right into it. Number three, yeah. like, basically, like anytime they're underwater in Avatar Way of Water. Oh, okay. It's yeah, like okay. <laughs> some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> it's like two hours of that movie. Exactly. Yeah. I know that's the thing. <laughs> uh, but just. You don't have just one part? 
basically it's just Avatar Way of Water. There are so many moments. Okay. There's like a real boy with a bunch of fake things all around him. And I don't know where that real boy starts and the fake thing begins. <laughs> real boy starts and the fake things begin. <laughs> that's a good that's a good one. Um Yeah, I loved it. Um Great. My number two moment, it would be the the great, incredible scene, the speed run with our good friend Tom Cruise trying to prove to John Hamm that this mission can't, is doable. That yeah. moment where it starts and you just see the force of the of just the G's hitting his face. Yeah. It's everything. It's everything you want. It's just it is. it is it is building the tension. It whole I've seen this movie so many times. I've watched this yeah. clip on YouTube so many times. It's good. But if I watch it in full, I hold my breath. You hold yeah. it, it is such a thrilling scene. And a thrilling <coughs> A thrilling scene in a thrilling movie. Yeah. Love it. Ah. Uh. Yeah, fantastic moment. And uh, my number one moment, not necessarily good, not necessarily bad. Oh, oh. It's just the thing that I've truly thought about every single day since it happened. And it is when Will Smith got up. Oh, my God. And slapped Chris Rock. Uh, uh. (laughs) Sam just left. Sam just left. (laughs) Okay, sure. Uh huh. You said it was going to be somewhere, and I and I and I should have thought about it a little bit more than I did. After a year, I was very upset when it happened. That that. Like like a lot of people, I'm not alone. We did a we did a whole cooked on just this thing. Yes, we talked about it for a whole hour. Yes, it's just so much. There's just so much for a follower in pop culture. Their entire life, it's just it's a lot. There's a lot it. of levels. Imagine if like Clint Eastwood got up and slapped. Jim Carrey in 1983. <laughs> uh-huh. It'd be, it'd be madness. How many, okay, over, under, how many jokes about it do you think they're going to make this year? Oh, five. Like, two at five? the beginning, one for best actor when Will Smith is not there, and then maybe, like, one bit with, like, Recurring bit, one recurring bit of okay. like security at the front of the stage, and they cut back, and it's two security guards. It's the guys from RRR. If you get up, okay. you're gonna have to mess with them, like something like that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It is like, uh, I don't, I just, I still think. Hated the apology tour that Will Smith got on. That was the thing where I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, okay. 
everyone needs to... This guy doesn't need to go on an apology tour like he took steroids at the Tour de France. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. But just the impact to one of the biggest stars to ever grace the movie screen is crazy. In a second. Crazy. In a second. <laughs> yeah. As 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 the words of a wise guy once said, for a G.I. Jane joke, it, it, it is <laughs> it is a moment that has just stuck with me this whole year, and it had to be number one. I would All say right. I'm not gonna talk about it after this, but I'm gonna talk about <laughs> You're gonna talk about it. You're gonna Remember talk that about Will Smith slap Chris Rock. Where were know. you? Look, you're gonna be you're gonna be talking about this when when you have fucking grandkids. Where were you? <laughs> so, uh, okay. so West Philadelphia, your... board and race. <laughs> also, everybody hates Chris. So, so there's those two. <laughs> so these, so these two guys. <laughs> Hear me out. These two guys. <laughs> oh yeah, insanity. Uh, your number eight? My number eight, which I'll roll right into. Yeah, yeah. The Banshees of Inner Sharon. I have this higher on my list. Yeah. So why don't we save our conversation about it for then? Ooh. Da-da. Uh, But we both love this movie, so yeah. So then, uh, my number seven. Yeah, Banshees. No, my... Let's do my number eight. Oh, okay. And then your seven, and then my. Seven. I like or, Banshees yeah. a lot. I think it's good. It fun is very movie. good. Uh, my number eight, not fun movie, is the after party. Ooh! Did you get a chance to watch the after party? I did not. Okay. I then I won't spoil it. Please don't spoil, spoil it. it. I won't spoil nothing. The after party is a fucking phenomenal. Apple TV show, uh, very very funny. Uh, created and mainly written, uh, created by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Mainly written by Chris Miller. Um, just super funny. Great performances from the entire cast, which is a stacked comedic cast all around. Um, and it's just easy watching, and it's just good. Sam Richardson is fucking great in it. Um, I really hope Sam Richardson gets more work because he's he's great in everything that I see him in, and I and I just want to see him do even do the more tomorrow more stuff. War? He's good in that, yeah. <coughs> uh, but he's he's phenomenal in the after party. He's great in Werewolves Within. If you haven't seen Werewolves Within, go watch Werewolves Within. It's fucking good. Um, and it yeah, it's just great. Uh, very fun little mystery, uh, and it's just. A grand old time. Uh, my number seven, I believe, is higher on your list. It is Top Gun Maverick. It is. Which is higher on your list. So we will save our conversation for when it is when it appears. Got on your quick list. thoughts. Yell those quick thoughts. <laughs> hey, it's a good. Hey, it's a good fucking movie. And Tom Cruise might be a shitty guy, but also he makes real movies. He does and it that's for fucking us. cool. He does it for us. He does it for us. He does it for us. He's crazy. 
It's crazy. Crazy film. Crazy movie. That's don't I don't understand it, but it's there. Oh, and then uh, your number seven. My number seven would be Nope. Um Nope. This is uh the thing that I didn't get a chance to rewatch. Yeah. Uh, on your list. Uh so I just saw it the one time in the summer. That was it. Um, but just so you know where I'm at. Yeah, you know, for sure. You, you you haven't been thinking about Gordy lately. I hear you. No, have not. I had mixed feelings walking out, and I've seen it a few times since Yeah. watching it that first time. And I have just really grown to appreciate this movie. It is... Okay. It is very reminiscent... Some people might take this as an insult. I think it's the highest compliment that I can say. There's a lot of this movie that reminds me of M. Night Shyamalan. There's like... Explain more, because I'm very... Because I'm confused. Like, it's a big movie in, in theory. But it's also just like about, like... Hustling. It's also just like about like <laughs> okay. trying to do it, like trying yeah, to like okay. get it sure. and not like exploit yourself along the way. But also it's yeah. about an alien. <laughs> it's also Jaws. It's also Jaws, right? It's also Carrie. It's also Akira. Yeah. It's also Third Encounters. Close Encounters. I really think, and I watched Us sometime this year i forget when but i watched it sometime and it is i just feel with all the the risks that he took in us i feel like it paid off to get this and all the gordy home gordy's home that entire segment just throws a curveball is crazy in that movie is is, yeah a lot uh, of bold choices this year keep it going I've been saying yeah. this. Martin Scorsese screamed, and people are answering the call. Yeah, it's true. Man, we got a new, new Scorsese this, this year. year. Yes, every time we get a lot of good, a lot of good directors have movies coming out this yeah. year. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm hope I'm hoping it's a good year. I'm hoping too. Um, nope, uh, big fan. If you haven't seen it, I think check it out for sure. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was on my disappointments, but I do recommend like I still think that people should watch it. Yeah. It's still like a good like it's still a well-made movie. Jordan Peele still knows how to make good movies. Yeah. I just didn't like it. Did I tell you this guy was gonna bring a camera with all he has an electricity? <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> uh did you see the clip of uh, uh Daniel Kwan? Asking Jordan Peele about that handshake? No. Oh my god. Daniel Kwan asks, uh, he's like, what is I love note, what is the what is this like like the handshake thing that they do? Is that like is that something you came up with? And Jordan Peele just goes, It's a it, it's a black thing, man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and every and uh oh fuck, who's the other person on the panel? There's somebody like who just Martin like Martin McDonough? Who, I think is on the panel. I, I there's like a there's a couple there's a, oh uh, I, Gina Prince Bythewood I think yes. is on there and she's like laughing. It's just it's a very good clip. Highly recommend this clip of Dana Kwan asking Jordan Peele about this handshake. It's very funny. 
Um, do you want to roll into your scores? I would love to roll right into the scores. Let's keep going. Keep it going. Number three. No scores. honorable mentions. Do you not have any honorable mentions? No honorable mentions. I just, I just, Damn. I just made it tough. I always have you honorable mentions for the big list, but I said no. I actually, that's a lie. I do have an honorable mention for a category. You'll see soon. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, number three. Number three. John Powell. Powell. Yeah, that's how you say that. John Powell, don't worry, darling. Okay. I, the movie, we all know. We all know. We all, we all remember we all know that movie when it came out. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I, this score is on my playlist. Like, I really enjoy it. It's good. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And it needs to be that cheesy 1950s dreamy score but it could also be like this is scary this is the real life <laughs> yeah kind of sinister secretly yeah. yeah and it's a good score it's a good score the score understands the movie better than the movie does it's true that is very true um yeah really enjoyed that score um i kind of cheated with this because every time one of these movies drop i always have it on the list but john and cody carpenter halloween ends Okay, yeah. No, that's great. I just love this score. Also, yeah. when writing and, and this to down... Be, to be fair, to uh, Halloween Ends, John, John and Cody Carpenter fucking kick ass yeah. in this movie. They do such a good job. Some of those music cues are, are the craziest things I've ever seen, yeah. and it's amazing. Um, also, it wasn't until I was writing this down that John Carpenter's son's name is Cody. Yeah? Cody. Corey, never mind. I haven't done. Yeah. Ah, oh, dang. I was like, oh, wait. You were so close. <laughs> Why didn't they? That'd be fun. Probably because John Carpenter went, what the fuck? Don't do that to my boy. <laughs> Don't do that? Come on, man. Are you sure? Don't do that, Don't do that to my child. <laughs> What's the matter with you? What, for your movie? No, get out of here. Yeah. Um, number one, and I have a feeling it might pop up on your list, uh, Justin Horwitz, Babylon. Want to talk about what I've been listening to Fucking all week? God damn. <laughs> Not just great within the music of itself, but after La La Land, just the musical scores it has, the musical references it has to his previous works are yeah. are. Very amazing. I think this is such a lively, fun score. And it's so great. It it really captures the vibe of, of everything. Of yeah, that movie. Yeah. I really have just been loving this score. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. great. What is yours? Uh I have honorable mentions, so I'm gonna rip through them really quick. Uh, Alexandra Des- Desplat for uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Good score. That was a beautiful score. Uh, Machine Girl for Neon White, uh, the video game. Uh, uh, yes. It has this like crazy, like I don't even know what to call it, like dream synth thing okay. going on. But it's just like it's just bopping and it just like keeps you moving. And it has these like crazy like 
uh, vocal lines that just like show up where it's just like this like girl's voice with like some crazy reverb on it and just like heaven is a trip 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 and it's like what's happening oh excuse me but it's it's great highly recommend uh alex lasarenko for disney channel's theme a history mystery fucking very good check it out uh john williams for the fablemans yeah go john williams john williams a goat i don't know man it's just good uh, and uh, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. Oh, wow. Justin the mentions. I'm curious to hear what the others. It was going to be number three. It was going to be number three. And then I did I did some searching in my heart. <laughs> some soul searching, I was about to say. Some soul searching. And Michael Giacchino's score for the Batman just, just barely beat it out. Yeah. When you, when, it's a good score. When you get Andrew Thomas going. Is it better than the Dark Knight score? It's. Good. I don't think it is. Good, but. That's Batman. It's that's what it's Batman, Batman is. That's what Batman <laughs> that is. is. That score oh. you don't notice yeah. it until it's just too loud. Yeah, it's and <laughs> ooh, it's good. Michael Giacchino is obviously like. One of the one of the best working right now, but goddamn, I think he I think he killed it with the Batman. It is a really great score. Yeah, uh, I'm probably gonna fuck up saying this name, so I apologize immediately. Uh, Sukasa Saito uh, for Elden Ring. Ooh, okay, okay. The music in Elden Ring. Ooh, it's just ooh, it's just good. It's just like it fits the vibe. The the music cues when bosses hit like in the boss fights it's just good it gets you in the right zone it's just ah it's just beautiful beautifully done highly recommend checking it out um and my number one score for the year is nicholas Brittel for andor okay and also succession but andor <laughs> what a uh uh Nicholas Patel his fuck his score for Andor is so beautiful and so moving and it's so beautifully in, it, like uh intricate with with the story that's going on um if you were if you're paying a bit of attention um and not skipping it I hope people didn't skip it um but the the Andor's theme that plays at the beginning of every episode is actually different every single episode. There's different instruments, there's a different arrangement, it's different, like it does it does all this different stuff, and it's just it just does such a good job of getting you into like it sounds like Star Wars, but it's it's so everything that normal Star Wars scores are not. John Williams is this huge, you know just anthems of of songs these huge marches and these huge you know um very like out of out of the world very like non-diegetic sounds of of the of star wars but all of the music in andor feels like it could be music that is made in star wars yes that totally and it, and makes sense and it's just and it's really really good i want to get uh, your take on this yeah because yeah i was hoping for the finale and i know they're only doing two seasons yes 
Two seasons, yeah. Um, I, I bet you would hate this, but I hope the last episode, I hope when the title sequence goes up, we do hear. I just. I just watch why we're here. I get why you want that. I don't think they'll do that. I think what Nicholas Bertel would probably do is bridge the gap between the sounds, what Andor sounds like and what Rogue One sounds like to bridge the gap into that Michael Giacchino score, I think is probably more likely what we're going to get rather than a full Star Wars blast. They play that Rogue One. If they play that Rogue One theme, I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) They might. I don't know. I I trust Nicholas Patel. He's he's uh, go. I think I think go. He's, yeah, he's he's really up there. He's a goat. Uh, he's fucking great. The score for Succession is amazing. Uh, the score for Andor is amazing. Moonlight. I cannot wait to see what else he does. Bill Street. Moonlight. Fuck. Yeah, he's just. You know he's what all I love? Place and he's he's great. Ludwig's got competition. There was a moment yeah. there where you're like, dang, is it Ludwig and no one else? Nah, Ludwig, yes, Ludwig. got competition. Yeah, now it's Ludwig and, and Nicholas Bertel, and that's and that's who you get. And that's fine. Hey, that's good, because they're both really fucking good. Get more! Get more! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to roll into my number six. Uh, my number six of the year. It's a little TV show called Severance. Huge TV show. Did you show. get a chance... To watch so he, I did it. I didn't want you to spoil spoil after party. That's just that. That's that's everything I ever loved. I just didn't get a chance. Apple TV is hard to get out of people. I'm like, give me your password. And they're fair. like, because uh, yeah. if I give you my password to that, I'm giving you my password to everything. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah, that's, that's kind of that's kind of tough. It's not. If I that's give you my tough. password to that, I'm giving you my password to everything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> um, but Severance, I love Ben Stiller. I what I've heard, nothing but great things. It's so good. This is something I'll watch. <laughs> After party, I, I'm sitting over here like biting my nails. Yeah, I'm still not gonna spoil it. Please, I want to hear um, what what is. Ugh. No, because because I, you can <laughs> talk about everything that you love about this show without spoiling mm-hmm. it. Um, this show is really, really incredible sci-fi, um, that is thoughtful and interesting and conscious of like where it falls in, in the genre, but also like in time, like where we are right now, uh, in a way that I think a lot of sci-fi kind of can get lost in. Um, what does something crazy? And I love I love sci-fi. Yeah. I didn't know the show was sci-fi. I mean, it's it's near future sci-fi. Uh, Eternal Sunshine, if you will. Eternal Sunshine, a Black Mirror, mm-hmm. that that sort of world. It's definitely cl- nearer sci-fi than any of those, but it's 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 not too. It's closer to Eternal Sunshine. Okay. Um, a lot of just like regular technology, but a couple of things that are kind of like, oh, this is definitely. <laughs> You know, even just the the concept of like getting something implanted in your brain so that your memories are spatially separated—that's yes. a sci-fi concept. Yeah. That's not really 
Um, but it, but it's able to understand so much about like the current state of of like capitalist shitty corporations that we that we're living with right now, and the and the way that people idealize them and and can form this sort of like cult ish under like love and reverence for the for the people who run them and the and the um the companies themselves it's really really fascinating um and also just every performance is amazing like you got fucking um like uh what's his name andrew scott no not andrew adam scott no adam adam scott is great uh but no uh christopher walken and um he plays falcone in in the band oh uh john turturro John Turturro. They have a beautiful, like, gay romance in this movie. Oh, do they? That's a fun And it's couple. just... It's so sweet, and it's so good, and the show is just, like... I lost track when I was watching the finale. I lost track of time. And at, like, two in the morning or something when the episode finished, it cut to black, and I literally... And, and the credits are rolling, and I literally yelled, What?! At the top of my lungs. Like, I had been, like, I had been, like, holding my breath. My body was tense. I was, like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I, oh, God, I'm so stressed. I'm so tense. I'm so nervous. And then it just cuts. And I was just, like, I was, oh, amazing. Oh, amazing show. that I live for. All right. Yeah, that's that's why I don't want to spoil it for you. Because, like, I, I think that moment will hit you. And it's really fucking good. A bit stiller. Hasn't done anything yeah. in a while. So. No. This is comes out doing yeah. this. Yeah, it's great. It's good. It's so good. Sick. Yeah. Uh, what is your number six? My number six. Uh, shocking, but yeah, I love it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Damn, that's a that's a shockingly low spot for everything, everywhere. But it is higher on my list, so we will talk about yes. it more later. Fun stuff. Hey, hey, it might be low. I just liked five other things more. And also... That's fine. Also, I know what your list looks like. That's the other thing. Yeah, there's like there's a, there's a method to how we kind of have exactly. to think about this. You kind of got to, you know, shape it to talk about certain things at certain times and blah, blah, blah. I get it. So, like, you uh, know... then. Then uh, do you want to roll right into your number five? Number five, the Automat. It was, um, it came out this year. I saw it at Film Forum. Uh, I'm going to quickly pull up the director's names because I should just know that. Um, <laughs> I can pull it up for you. Lisa. Lisa Hurwitz. Hurwitz. Lisa Hurwitz. Um. I have to say, like, a huge reason why I love it is just the crowd that I saw it with. So, it was, like, Avengers Endgame levels of investment. (laughs) I saw it with a bunch of old New Yorkers. A bunch of old people. And the Automat, if you don't know, the Automat is basically to really just simplify it the most. It's like the first big fast food restaurant in at least the eastern part of America. Uh, yeah, it was just in Philly and <laughs> New York. Yeah. And 
had a really simple idea and a really, really uh, fun way of doing it and a quick way of doing it. Um, yeah. Every time it showed, like, what replaced the the automat building, it was like a Burger King. Yeah. The audience would, like, yeah. hiss and boo. And it That's was so funny. Just wow, boo. I was like, good That's God. So and, like, the people who were being interviewed, they were like, yeah, and the coffee. Oh, you'd hear the people in the audience go, oh, oh coffee. I remember the coffee. The coffee? Oh, they're old. It was, That's I saw so it a funny. Full, I saw it like a 2 p.m. On, on, on like a Wednesday. That's, yes, baby. That's beautiful. And it was. Movies. Yes. Yes. So always, it was just that experience that. It was great, but also, I just enjoyed. I didn't know anything about the automat, and the only reason why I watched it was because I was getting into a guy this year named Mister Mel Brooks, and he's right there on the poster. Yeah, and I just wandered in. I thought the documentary was about him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it was just fun learning about like this this thing in the past and like i understood what they meant of like no it wasn't just fast food like it was every anyone could go it was a nickel you could just sit down and eat and see the decline of that and like we've always had classism that's not what i'm saying but like Mm. with the 80s coming in and and the the gap of wealth really just getting bigger and bigger and bigger it, the automat was destined to lose, and like it, it, it re- I just think it's just such an interesting way to tell that story. Sure, um, I enjoyed it. I've been I've been looking on Letterbox for your review, <laughs> and when I was pulling up uh-huh. the director's name, I saw the I saw the stars, and I said, "Well, Dan. I said, "Well, well." <laughs> yeah, um, I watched it. Uh, just the other day, I didn't like this documentary really much at all. Um, a relatively interesting subject, but I, I thought it was kind of overall pretty boring. Um, but also, like, we'll see with a one bunch of, of, dudes... of eighty year olds, it'll, <laughs> it'll change your mind. Yeah, that's very different. <laughs> Um, but one of the dudes who's being interviewed, who's like the grandson of like one of the guys who founded it or something suddenly out of nowhere spouts this like crazy anti-union stuff what is this and then that's a pretty strong theme there's a moment where they talk about like the unionization unionization movement that happened in the in the 1900s um and this one guy is just like oh yeah and then uh, the employees at 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 the automat they would never do something like that they would never do something so crazy because they were our family and and we treated them like family and they treated us like family and that's how it and that's how it should be yeah and i and then it immediately cuts to like the founder like one of the founders of starbucks and i'm just like hey this isn't great hey this is like a weird little moment in your movie that you aren't talking about like i thought maybe that was going to be like a thing that they talked about and it wasn't yeah but then it like came up a couple more times about this like 
you know, the people who worked for the automat, they worked for the automat and the automat took care of them. And I was just like, yeah, but unions are so good. And like, you, you kind of have a misunderstanding of where of the world. I believe yeah, yeah. that. I believe that they took care of the employees, but you can't, you can't just do a broad. <laughs> you can't just do a broad <laughs> thing like this. And I thought that was pretty weird. But also towards the end, when they're talking about the slow decline of the automat, almost everyone who's getting interviewed gets super classist out of nowhere has been talking the whole time about like, Oh yeah, the automat was this beautiful place where like all these people could go. It doesn't matter. Everyone can just show up there except for all the homeless people. Fuck them. We had to kick them out. Fuck those people. And it's like, Whoa, Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. And it's another thing that the movie kind of like brings up and then never talks about again. And I was just like, goes into the full extent, right? Yeah. 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 I think this could have been a really interesting 20 minute YouTube video. And instead it was a pretty boring 90 minute long documentary. I hear you. I get you. I get you with a bunch of 80 year olds on a a Wednesday. Yeah, That sounds like a good time. That sounds like a good time. I'd love to do that. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear, you know, Gramps in the back, fucking going. Ah, oh, the coffee, the coffee. Oh, the coffee. The Did you pie. have the coffee? Talk about the cherry yeah. pie. I had the cherry pie once. <laughs> yeah, like that sounds like a good time. There's um, just a woman. I just remember because I think it's a it's a Burger King. One of the building. Yeah, it's Burger just, King. Mainly it was it like she just said, "Ah, oh. <laughs> she just, <laughs> oh. I I love that. That's amazing. That's very good." That's I will never funny. forget that he for as long as I live. <laughs> uh, I don't want to ever do uh, anything that deserves that like level of disgust. I don't want to be associated. Uh, I hope. Uh, <coughs> uh, great. I'm going to jump into my screenplay slash story. Yes. Uh, I once again have honorable mentions because that's how we've done it in the past. Um, I have Damien Chazelle for Babylon. I have uh, Guillermo del Toro and Patrick McHale for Pinocchio. I have Kevin Perjurer for Disney Channel's theme, A History Mystery. And I have Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R.R. R. Martin for Elden Ring. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, George R.R. R. Martin did basically created like a big uh, history document for the world. Um, and then the game is set, I believe, a thousand years after that thing that George R. R. Martin wrote. Oh. Um, so yeah, and also kind of Miyazaki. Interesting... That's not the Miyazaki I'm thinking of. No, no, okay. no, no. This is Hidetaka Miyazaki. He's the he's uh, the creative director at FromSoft, uh, which is the game company that makes Elden Ring and Dark Souls and and all that stuff. Um, and he's the kind of he's generally the writer and the world builder and everything. Um, for these things, and he worked with George R. R. Martin on Elden Ring, and it's really good. It's a very good, interesting story, and it's a, a lot more approachable than a lot of the other FromSoft games. Yeah, um, and it's just it's just good. Uh, so my number three favorite uh, screenplay or story is uh, Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, beautifully written, funny, heartwarming. Another movie that is very much an artist looking back on their own career and how that affects people and, and how it affects them. And, and just wonderful. Banshee's in a Sharon is great. Uh, 
um, and I just love it. Um, I have number two, uh, Mr. Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Uh, really, really fun movie, fun mystery. Yeah, great characters. Really fun. Just, just had a blast. More Knives Out. What? What more could? What more? What could more can you want? <laughs> Um, and then my number one screenplay story, uh, is Tony Gilroy, Stephen Schiff, Bo Williman, and Dan Gilroy for Andor, uh, fucking phenomenal writing team who did a really, really great job telling this beautiful story. I, I just loved it so much. Um, yeah, Marva's speech, beautiful. There are a couple speeches in this, in this show that, that really knock your socks off. Um, and just the general dialogue and, and the way that it's able to, to world build and, and just tell this interesting story about radicalization and like, like they straight up just reference the communist manifesto in the dialogue. It's crazy. It's just great. It's just good. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are my top screenplays and stories for the year. Yes. Well, for my screenplays, once again, no honorable mentions. Yes. Uh, but my number three is also Martin McDonough. Hey! For the Banshees of Inisherin! <laughs> um, yeah, what a, what a sweet, sad little movie. Yeah, uh, that's beautiful. Uh, well, there goes that dream. Uh Heartbreaking. Just being stuck on an island and hearing war yeah. all around you. That's yeah. that happened to me one summer. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, great screenplay. Um, great screenplay. Number two would be James Gray, Armageddon Time. Oh, it, I don't know this. Yes, it was a movie that came out this year. It had uh, Jeremy Strong. And Anne Hathaway and Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I remember hearing something about this. I didn't, I hadn't heard anything else about it. It's a movie that I walked out of and I thought, okay, sure. (laughs) But it's just one of those movies that just I've thought about. You know, sometimes movies just stick around in your head. Yeah. That must mean something. That must be something. Like, I really think the way it's it's his fablements. It's James Gray's oh, fablements. Okay. Uh and yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I was a fan. Great. And my number one would be Samuel D. Hunter for the whale. Oh, okay. Yes. I have yet to see it. I hope we can see it soon. I No one I know yeah. has seen it, and I have so many thoughts that I want to share. I've been wanting to see it <laughs> since day one. Um, it's tough out here for a fucking prairie movie. movie yeah. <laughs> also, the alternate name of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I it's kind of cheating because uh, the whale is based on a play, and the sure, way this movie is told, I feel like there was not a lot of changes. 
But sure. again, still, I think this story is just so beautiful and so haunting and so just like everyone's worst fear of their insecurities and their faults mm. consuming them. Um, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of chatter. People are saying uh, that the movie's fat phobic, and uh, in some aspects, again, I want to talk about it. I have a lot of thoughts, <laughs> but I think in this script, it's it is such a beautiful story about humanity and 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 okay, and just people that yeah. it is something so much deeper than that. And I think it's really, again, other aspects. See, I have to, I want to tell you, cause this is, I saw this in Dolby. Don't, don't tell me nothing. Okay, fine. I want to see it. You do want to see I, it. I, I'm, I'm, and it. You know what? It's my boy. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's the boy. Would we do it? Would we do it? I'll tell you that. We'll have so many thoughts and it'll be beautiful. Um, yeah, I think this is like, a great story that is like, it's great. That was told in such in, in this way. I think it's great. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, your number four, my number foul is Julie Banco. Oh, uh, <laughs> she climbed up there. She did. I listened. She was she was lower when when we talked. A yeah, weeks ago. I listened to the album and I said, "Oh, remember Funny Girl?" So, <laughs> if you don't know, there was a big Funny Girl at stand. I'm not going to go through the whole thing here, uh, uh-huh. but one of the under understudies for the show really stepped up to the plate. Her name is Julie Binko, and I now stand her. So, deal with it. <laughs> um, yeah, Andrew's been talking about Julie Benko for months for now. For months, and I still I dropped I dropped that off in the, in, the, in the in the gift shop. People are like, "Oh, we might go see Funny Girl," and I say Thursdays. That's when the understudy comes in. Her name is Julie Benko. <laughs> She's amazing. She's it is watching a Broadway star in the making. I yeah. loved her. I funny girl is famously a, a hard role, Fanny Bryce. Mm-hmm. Vocally, especially with someone in the role, Barbara Streisand. It's yeah. Barbara Streisand's role. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Beanie Feldstein. I haven't seen Leah Michelle, but what she takes of this character and what she brings to it and not just imitating Barbara Streisand, but bringing something more to it. I think it's great. The, the emotions that she brought to the stage really, really filled me up. I saw the show just on a whim one day. It's actually a cool story. I went to the box office and I said, okay, can I get a ticket? I said the cheapest, whatever the cheapest was. It was like 60 bucks in the balcony. I was walking up, and the attendant on the bottom row, she said, do you know where you're going? And I said, yeah, I'll wait to the top four. Unless, and I just laughed and kept walking, and she said, no, 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 wait. And she talked into her walkie-talkie, and she said, no, I got a seat for you. She sat me in the fourth row of the orchestra. 
Mm-hmm. So that was just great. But also, I was just mesmerized by this performance. Um, and I've seen Broadway shows. I've I've done it. I've I've been through it. I was just amazed by her. Also, I think this album of hers is quite lovely. It's a nice little rainy day, rainy day album. It's the only thing I could give you of hers that's not a bootleg yeah. of Funny Girl. Yeah. So I, uh, you can call me a a, a, a high school theater I, theater white girl all you want. Here look, you go. I, I'm not. I'm not going to knock what, uh, you know, you you loved this performance, you love this thing, blah, blah, blah. I totally get it. This album is, like, not good. <laughs> this album is, like, is, like, not very well mixed. <laughs> the piano sounds really weird. All the MIDI instruments they use do not sound great. Or, she has a nice voice. I've heard voices very similar to hers. It was just like, yeah, this is another white Broadway girl. It's uh, Yep. There we go. She's doing shows. And at her shows, there's a two-drink minimum, but I'm like, yo, same. And you're on Broadway. Being yeah. an artist is hard. Oh, God. Yeah. It's tough out there. <laughs> and you're uh, on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can't knock your experience of Julie Benko, but I, this album I listened, I think I listened to all of it. I don't know. Uh, and I was really just like, ah, I can't, I can't I do did this not anymore, man. Like I the can't. rendition of people on this album, rendition of people no, on on, on the sh- in the show is, uh, will make your yeah. heart melt. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it wasn't great. Just whatever you know, whatever she wins that Tony, whatever we're talking about her, her Disney princess. Yeah, you hey, you'll be there. I I was the you'll one be, who was you, spilling day one. it. Yeah, I get it. I'm 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 with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number four is the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, yeah, you. This was earlier on your list. It was. Um, so we both clearly love this movie. Uh, we've talked about it a couple times. It's come up. Uh, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful movie. Performances are wonderful. Uh, the story is great. It's fucking funny and and interesting and and just just uh, lovely i have been recommending this movie all over the place something that you just said that i you said that self-reflective of his other works what makes you say that this might have been just something that went over my head i believe it's there i mean this this movie is you know martin mcdonough with in Bruges and the pillow man and, and seven psychopaths and three billboards and you know, all this stuff. He writes about these like dark tortured sort of people um, and makes comedy out of it, but it still lives in that dark place. And it, and it oftentimes feels cruel and, and kind of mean. Like, if you think about In Bruges, like... Uh, cruel, cruel movie. That's hilarious. Cruelest. It's so mean and, and mean at its core. It's hilarious and it's great. And, and you know, the meanness is part of why it's so it's good. It's nasty. Um, but then you get to Banshees and suddenly there's this, like, wonderful speech from Colin Farrell where he says... I don't know, you know, Mozart. I don't know all these other, these people that you're talking about. Um, 
you, you know, you, you don't have to be remembered for all that. Like you were nice. You know who else was nice? My granddad was nice. My dad was nice. And I'm nice. And you used to be nice. Oh, God. And I think that, like... Or maybe you were never nice that... to begin with. Yeah. And maybe oh, and maybe you never were. And, and it, that sort of, like, introspection on, like, oh, I've been making this, like, cruel and mean art. That stands the test of time. In Bruges is still hilarious. Pillow Man is still a great play. You know, like you can uh, three billboards was my favorite movie that year. Like I'm not knocking Martin McDonough's work, but to then make all of this mean spirited and cruel art and then make a movie about like what being mean and what being nice is. And, and do you want to be remembered for making good art if you were also mean or do you want to be remembered for being nice is fucking great. Uh, and really, especially watching it, rewatching it the other day uh, for this really struck me as just like, oh, man, this movie really is about being nice. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I just think it's it's a, another gorgeous look at, at you know, an art, artist being introspective. <coughs> Did that make sense? Completely. Did that kind of click it, click it for Completely. you? Great. Um. My number three, and speaking of an artist being introspective. Oh, I'll do I'll do my number oh, three. Oh, so so wait. Going was that not your no, number three? Okay. No, that was my number four. Oh, okay. I got confused. Yeah. That's all good. Um uh my number three uh is Andor. Uh and, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is Andor, uh, also a, a side kind of three, like B, uh, is uh, the podcast A More Civilized Age. Um, I didn't listen to all oh, of man. it because I didn't realize it was three hours, but I didn't listen after I finished Andor. I did listen to, to chunks of the chunks of the finale yeah. one. Yeah. It's, it's good. Like it's like, everything you want. I'm, it's everything you want. I- I'm going to talk about a more civilization, then I'll talk about Andor. Um, a more civilized age is uh, four content creators that are journalists um, or that are all leftists, uh, and they are <laughs> watching Star Wars and, and analyzing it as uh, through like a leftist, modern leftist lens. Uh, they started with Episode One, then Two. Uh, and then a bit of Clone Wars, and then three, and then they went back to Clone Wars, and then when Andor started, uh, they just switched to just doing Andor full for the the couple weeks that it was coming out, the couple months, uh, and they just got back into Clone Wars um, before they're working. They're going to do like Rebels and and all the other stuff. They're kind of going through chronologically as best they can. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and they talk about this on the podcast, but it feels like, you know, they've been doing this podcast for a couple of years and then Andor comes out and it's kind of like, they've been sharpening a sword for two years and they finally found, uh, like the perfect thing to use it on. Yeah. Which was Andor, which was a very like leftist modern take on, on the politics of star Wars. Um, and just beautiful. Uh, so, so their coverage of the show 
and their love for it was was something that I looked forward to every single week. Uh, the Andor episode would come out on Wednesday, and then the like Monday after was uh, AMCA day, and I was like, I was refreshing my my podcast feed Sunday nights That's to try and get some yeah. in. Like I was like, I gotta I gotta know as soon as it drops. Like I'm I'm all in, um, and really great. So highly recommend. Um, they just put out a skip list. <laughs> for clone wars so if you want to catch up um to where they're at uh in clone wars you can just watch the stuff on their skip list and then you'll kind of get a good sense yeah. of, of where they're at um which i'm cur- their their bonus episode on their patreon for december is them making the skip list <laughs> i'm about halfway through it's very funny to hear them argue about which episodes people need to watch and which episodes need to never be seen again that's great i love that yeah, it's really fun. Because um, much like then, Star Wars, and, there's a lot of great, beautiful stuff, but there's also a lot of duds in there too. <laughs> there's a lot of bullshit, and the part and the part that I really love is that they sometimes they a couple times they have argued like this episode is bad, but you do need to watch it to understand what the fuck is going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, highly recommend a more civilized age. And even more highly recommend Andor, um, a surprise show for me. Uh, was not looking forward to it at all. It's you know a prequel show about a side character in a prequel movie that didn't need to exist. That you didn't like in the first place. That I didn't like. I don't like Rogue One, and yet Andor comes around, and uh, I think is is one of the best things that star Wars has ever made. Uh, I love it so dearly. Uh, I rewatched it this week uh, so I could talk about it uh, a bit more here. And it just like, it's just so good. All the performances are great. The, the way that it just like understands where star Wars is and how it fits in, into the world and, 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 the politics of it and how people can affect the politics and how politics then in turn affect people and this kind of like never ending cycle and, and just everything about it is just so well choreographed and so well put together that it's just like, Oh, this is just like a wonderful little thing that exists. Um, and something that Austin Walker, one of the hosts on a more civilized age, talks about in one of the later episodes of the of the Andor stuff is I kind of thought that my love for Star Wars had to die. So uh, I, some might say kill the uh, uh, what is it? Oh god what is it? Let the let past, the past die. die. Kill it if you have to. Kill it if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um I grew up watching Star Wars. My dad loved Star Wars. My mom loved Star Wars. Like, Star Wars was just a part of my household. Like, when my parents were together when I was a baby, my mom showed me Star Wars. My dad showed me Star Wars. Like, I, I you know, I was I was all about <laughs> Star Wars. Um, I have, you know, I've had Lego sets and, and all, all this stuff. I, I, me and my parents love Star Wars. <laughs> and... I loved the movies so much. I, I I don't know how many times I've seen the original trilogy. Um, it's just good. Uh, and 
then we got The Force Awakens, and people have mixed feelings about The Force Awakens. I'll always defend J.J. Abrams for The Force Awakens, even though it's not a great film. I understand why it exists. And then we got The Last Fucking Jedi. <laughs> and I went, yeah, baby, this is it. This we is Star Wars. We also got Rogue One. There's, there's a lot more, there's a lot more yeah, to this story. There is, we also got Rogue, is One, Rogue and, One and Solo. We, did, we got Rogue One before we got Last Jedi. That's what he said. And I uh-oh. did not like Rogue One. I was there. I did. I was there. There was a bit of uh-oh. There was some uh-oh in the Rogue One. But also I knew that Ryan Johnson was right around the corner. And then The Last Jedi happened and and I thought we had fixed Star Wars. I remember sitting in that movie theater, tears in my eyes, just being like, oh, finally, we did it. A Star Wars movie that everyone loves. <laughs> We've done it, everybody. Right? And then no, one, no one was behind me. Andrew was sitting next to me, and that was it. I was like, and yeah, I, was I, like, well, I got some problems, but right. I, uh, ultimately, that was a fly movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I just loved it so much. Um, and then Solo came out. It's fine. That movie had production problems. They didn't know what it was. Solo had so many production problems. It should have been Phil Lord and Chris Miller. It ended up being Ron Howard, blah, blah, blah. All all this stuff. Yeah. Messy behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Alden Ehrenreich does a great job. Great job. Great. And then we got got The Rise of Sky. I was also there for that, too. Andrew was there for that. And, uh, I think saw my soul leave my body in that movie theater. Uh, and I just knowing that rise of Skywalker was the thing, like this was the last star Wars movie. That's the last star Wars movie that's come out. We haven't gotten a new star Wars movie. Sure. We got then. the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. You didn't watch book of Boba but, Fett. Neither did I. Yeah. Um, but the you know, Rise of Skywalker happens, and I hate it with every fiber of my being. And man, and I watch Mandalorian. Mandalorian's fun and it's good. But like, I just had felt that like, oh, you know, I kind of had to bury my love for Marvel. Kind of had to like move on from Game of Thrones. You know all this stuff that I that I have been watching for years is kind of not turning out the way that I want it to. Yeah. And that's fine. It's not for me anymore. But I was always hopeful that Star Wars would like just be there because it had always kind of been there. Like Marvel stuff came out when we were teenagers. Uh, You know, Game of Thrones, same sort of thing. I was like, yeah, those things were kind of newer, but Star Wars has been there since I was a baby. Like Star Wars has just always been Star Wars. And I thought it was dead. I thought I had to just move on and just be like, yep, Star Wars is just kind of gone. I, I don't know what else there is. Andrew watching the Eternals. Andrew watching the Eternals yeah, and Chuck T. He just going, yeah. I've seen these movies right, man. 12 times. Uh, yeah. I, I can't. I can't do it. And then, and then this little fucking TV show comes out called Andor. And I went, oh, this is, someone cares. Someone's out there who gets it and who 
is interested in it and and has grown up with it and, and is just good at what they do and disney let them be good at what they do which is just it's just beautiful there's a great you know uh fugitive like it's broken up into these like little arcs of like there's like a fugitive arc there's there's the heist arc there's a prison break arc and then there's the finale arc and it's just like it's just good like it's just remains good the whole time it just does a heist better than i've seen a heist in a long time it just does a prison break better than i've seen a prison break done in a long time and it just does all of these things that are that is Star Wars. It still feels like Star Wars, but it's able to expand the vocabulary. You know, like, it's it expands it, and, and like in the fourth episode, two of the characters are like walking between two actual real mountains because they went and shot on location. Crazy! How much and did a they tie fighter zips by, and you're horrified. Like you're scared, and I've never been scared of a Tie Fighter. I wasn't scared of a Tie Fighter in Empire, let alone like. And you're scared when this Tie Fighter zips by because you're like, oh god, like I don't want them to get caught. Like oh fuck, like they could get seen. Oh no, and and it's just so well done. And as I mentioned before, like the Nicholas Bertel does a fantastic job with the music. Um, the uh, Tony Gilroy, Stephen Schiff, Bo Willeman, Dan Gilroy, the writers, just like knock it out the park all the performances are just amazing uh and it and it like oh it's just good all around i could talk about how good this show is forever um and i'm sad that i have to wait until 2024 to watch a second season i'm sad that we're only getting two seasons but goddamn, man i'm gonna i'm gonna treasure i'm gonna treasure this show forever uh did you get a chance to uh, watch and I did. Woo! I liked it. <laughs> Good. I, there were a few episodes. There were seven episodes where I was like, "Sam's been screaming leftist masterpiece, and this is just Les Mis in space." What? What is this? What is this? Come on! <laughs> what is this? This is just Les Mis. The amount of times I just started singing Les Mis during just pl- just beats during the show. I was like, yeah. what is this? Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Sam. It does evolve into something more. It's something different. Even though they did start singing at a funeral. Basically singing, do you hear the people sing? Uh, but God, that fucking... When, the, when a fucking marching band that... It, that is marching towards riot cops, not stormtroopers, riot cops. Like specifically not stormtroopers. It's fucking awesome. Oh, good. The people sing, it's so, singing the it's song so, of angry it's men. So good. Um there I I'll do yeah, yeah. There are just moments where I'm like there is specifically I'm sorry, sometimes I'm a little scattered brain. Um, <laughs> there are just moments where you just forget it's a Star Wars show. Specifically, yeah. when uh, Andor's in Space Miami, there's a there's a shot. Yeah, baby! There's a shot 
<laughs> just an alien just with a big long nose and it's just the most that we were talking about like political betrayal and like and, and yes and ideologies and like how to how to get rid of fascism and then all of a sudden an alien with a big nose is sipping a margarita and it's like what is yes this? It, it is it's moments like the scene what you were talking about where they're walking between two real mountains about a heist about people at their end at their wits end and then they're like wait crouch down and then you hear Aah! it's just kind of like oh what is this? <laughs> I I I love it. I think that is I think that is how you make Star Wars good. Like I think, uh, yeah, you make that, it into that is, something more. Uh, what's the word? Realistic is the definite wrong word, but 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 yeah, real grounded like something. A la like, Christopher Nolan with the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, in that in that same sort of vein of like you have to think about how this all comes together and how it all works and, and all this stuff. Like Tony Gilroy in an interview was talking about like, Oh, we never wanted to feel heavy handed. We wanted, we wanted it to be like, um, you know, we know we need all of these people to end up on Ferrix at the end because that's the climax. And this is like, everyone has to be there. We can't just leave someone out. I love that. Scene but how the with fuck the, with the cop and his buddy called him. And it was cutting it yes, out. This is exactly the scene. Uh, Tony Gilroy was like, I know how ham fisted that is. Like this guy wouldn't just call him and get him to Ferrix. So in order to make that scene like worth it, it has to be funny. And that scene is funny. Like the, that's the, what it's all building to something. What they're not going to, oh, they're not all going to meet at the same place. Exactly. Like they have to, like you absolutely have to get everyone there. But the the fact that Tony Gilroy like thinks about that and is like, no, we have to get everyone there, but it has to make sense. And if we can't make it make sense, it has to like do something more than just be a phone call. It has to be funny. It has to be entertaining in some other way. Is like is a is a level of like thought and care that went into this show that I that I haven't seen in in most TV shows. <laughs> I also do have to say that. I was like rolling on my bed laughing that Andor shot two cops and and went like and did one of the biggest heists in Star Wars history. It was just in yeah. space, Miami, just singing, singing, yeah. snapping his fingers, and he's then just, he just got he's just he's got to get thrown out of in jail just for just for being around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Six years. You. I'm not even getting six years for the bad things I actually did. <laughs> no, getting six years for walking down a beach. <laughs> but like, I'm not. It's so funny, just because God, God hates Andor. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, I will. The scene that made me go, okay, all right. The scene that turned me on. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. What was it? The scene that turned me on was during the prison yeah. break, at the very uh, towards the end, and they're on the the precipice. They have to jump into the water, and they went through all of that. And Andy Circus just swim. said, "I can't swim." And ain't, if ain't that not swim. a good metaphor? 
ain't that it's a good so metaphor good. of just like and it's so you can do all this so but that's the that's the heart i can't swim what do you want me to do jump swim. off and swim i can't swim i can't swim oh it's so i uh, oh, even though andor oh. doesn't say it andor's like wait you think i can swim it's great. It's so good. And the the heartbreaking part of that is like Andy Circus had just made that beautiful speech of like, if you see someone not moving, get them moving and keep them moving. And then he's the one who can't keep moving. And, and like, if, if they just had a second, you know that Andor would have like grabbed Melshi and been like, hey, we got to get him. Like, we're going to, ju- we're all going to jump off together and we're going to teach him how to swim as we go. Like, we can't leave him behind. But he just gets pushed off, and then and then he's just like, "Well, I just that's gotta go. Life. I, I don't have a choice. That's life." Baby. Also, I do love like, you. Just got to keep it going. How much of a scoundrel? How much just of a dirtbag Andor is? Like he's a total dirtbag. Like, bag. like, yeah, no, never, never he shed owes a tear. So much money, never shed a tear when a when a Nazi gets shot. But like, even outside of all of that, he's just kind of a dirtbag <laughs> guy. He's just kind yeah. of like. <laughs> Justin, he said it. He said it's Han Solo without any of the charm. It's Han Solo without anything that works for Han Solo. Yes, it's great. It's so good. (laughs) And Diego Luna just plays it just, just, he's just hot enough that it works, you know? Like, he's just cute and charming because he's Diego Luna, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, you owe so much money to these people. You can't just be doing this. Like, you can't. Yeah, it's great. I fucking, ah. Uh, um, I, I love Andor so and much. And then, yeah, I, it is, a, I am, I will be watching season two. Uh, I liked a lot of the show. Um. I, I really liked Inspector Javert and his love interest. I'm excited to see what they're up to. Um, his love interest? His, the, the woman she, he saved. Oh, you mean, oh, Karn? Yeah. Karn and Dedra? Oh, man. They're going to fuck in that closet. I hope. I was hoping they'd show it. God damn. But the incel to end all incels, fucking Cyril Karn, with the horrible mother and his little Republic action figures, and what a piece of shit. I love this piece of garbage boy. I, the moment he popped on screen, I was like, oh, you were born to be in Star Wars. Oh, I was like, oh, honey, right? this, was, just this, was, this was made for you. I haven't even seen it, and I know this was... Did you? Did you? I was a good deputy inspector. With your costume, with your outfit, yeah, I got custom. It's fine. I got custom fit. Don't worry about it. Mind your business. I got it. I had it. Yeah, I had it tailored. Mind your business. (laughs) You just look at him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, I love. I love that horrible little man, Cyril Karn. Yeah, I did have a fun time. Okay. Okay. It's great. Uh, I love it. I could talk forever. Uh, your number three. My number three is another thing that I could talk forever about. And every year, every year, it's accolable. I say it. It ain't a list. Unless Tom Cruise is on it. Ah! And boy, did he really prove himself this time. He fucking did, baby. I've been saying this all year. And I'm going to say it now. Again. Please. Like. Yeah. 
I really did think Top Gun Maverick was going to be good. Like, no one did. Sitting Andrew, down. Zero people went into that movie being like, yeah, this is going to be good. Thought it was going to be. Opening weekend? No one. Thought it was going to be the mummy level of just eye-rolling. Bleh. And then I saw a movie that, like, is everything you want a movie to be. Not just in spectacle, but in, like, story. In, like, yeah. storytelling. It's a vulnerable movie for Tom Cruise. He's been he's been old for a while. And this he's is the first time he said I am old. <laughs> it's fucking great. God, yeah. Top Gun. But I have been doing this uh, for a while. Yeah. He made Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol to say, Don't you ever say I'm old. And now Top Gun Maverick's out and he's like I am old. It's... He broke his leg doing Mission Impossible, and then he was like, ah, I'm okay. It is such a good, fun movie. Hold my hand, hold my, hold my hand, hold my, I'll be right here, hold my hand. Song of the year. That's great. It is such a blast. Yeah, it's fun, it's thrilling, it's tense, it's funny. It's everything you want a blockbuster to be, all wrapped up into one little movie. No one dies! It makes Goose's death so much sadder! Yeah! It's just, it was a different time. It was, it was the 80s, man! It was the 80s, man. Things were crazy. Yeah, Top Gun is so, is so good. I, I rewatched it last week uh, or the week before and just what a what a banger just top to tail it's just it it's so good Enjoy. it's so good yeah do you have more you want to talk about no nah, we got we got a few more things we got a few more things you I'll be get talking about more? Top Gun Maverick for the rest of my life forever that's forever. a that's a no matter what happens to me or the world or cinema, we'll always have Top Gun Maverick. We'll always have Top Gun Maverick. Uh, do you want to do your performances? Yes, I would love to. This is where I have two honorable mentions for two different lists, and this is where one comes in. Okay. Um, there were better performances, but just in terms these of These are the just, ones that you liked. Yeah. In terms, and this is the honorable mention, just the terms of stepping up and, 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 you know, going up to the plate with all odds stacked against you and delivering yeah. a good performance. Letitia Wright, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Okay. Yeah, sure. I just yeah, think yeah. is a very impressive performance. She does great. Yeah. Um, yeah. My number three. Number three. Stephanie Sue. In everything, everywhere, all at once. B- fucking phenomenal. Great. Phenomenal. Fun performance. Saw it and said, oh, great. Oh, great. Oh, a great. New actor a new to fall favorite. In love with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A new actor to fall in love with. Ah. It is such a fun performance that, like, I've been thinking about basically all year. This movie came so out in good. March. Yeah. 
great, beautiful performance. Getting uh, getting snubbed <laughs> everywhere for Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, ridiculous legacy. I I get it. Whatever. <laughs> Stupid. It is Stephanie but, Sue. Woohoo! Uh, woohoo! Woohoo! Stephanie, Stephanie Sue. Sue. Uh, my number two. Number Some two. people might say this is not a performance. It's the greatest. And to me, that makes it the greatest performance, or at least the second greatest uh-huh. for me. And it's Nathan Fielder in the rehearsal. Okay, sure. Yeah. Some people would say, no, that's. Well, spoiler alert. Yeah, we're going to talk about it more. I think. I watched Nathan for you during the pandemic. And I really yeah. liked it. I thought it was fun. It's my type of humor. It's my type of like cringe love of, of yeah. what it means to be a human. Yeah. And I think just the rehearsal is such a synthesized version of that. Yeah. It is. And what Nathan Filder does specifically just on camera. I'll talk about the other stuff later. Is... <laughs> maddening it's it's provocative it's uncomfortable should someone go to jail should nathan fielder go to jail (laughs) maybe that's how you know you did something right yeah it's wild (laughs) i i think you ruined that kid's life (laughs) we'll talk about it we'll talk about 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 it it. we'll talk we'll talk about about it yes but Number two. Um, number one, I think, is just the boldest and bravest performance. This year, I've just really, I, I don't know, more than any other year in my life of watching movies, just understand what brave means in a, in a performance. Okay. Uh, Ana de, Ana, yeah, Ana de Armas, blonde. Okay. Yeah, I she's great. A bold performance, brave. And yeah. where she is in her career and what that I think I said on Letterbox, a beautiful, nasty, creepy movie. Yeah. Uh I think what she does with it and what she does with that role. Because the movie it's not about Marilyn Monroe. It's kind of just like a concept piece. It's yeah, it's about it's a strange film. Yeah. So what she does with that character, I think, is just really, really beautiful and really strong. And I, yeah. again, there's a lot of baggage around that movie. So, like, I get it. But I just think it's yeah. so sad that when I talk about snubs, I think that yeah. she gave such a bold performance. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Big fan. Um. <laughs> My honorable mentions for performances uh, is kind of all over the place. Uh, we got uh, Robert Pattinson, Paul Dano, and Colin Farrell for the Batman. Uh, we have Margot Robbie and Diego Calva for Babylon. I got Austin Butler for Elvis. Uh, Janelle Monet and Daniel Craig for Glass Onion. Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, and Carrie Condon and Barry Keown for the Banshees of Inisherin. Um, before I say my my top three, in years past, 
in years ago, I've kept a rule for myself where my performances, there are no white men on my performances. And this year, I just couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I couldn't do it. I I'm just trying to think who it is. Or is it multiple so I, people? So I cheated all over the place on this list just to be like, you know what? If I'm going to break one rule, I'm going to break all the rules. Okay. Fuck it. So my number three performance for the year is... Andy Circus and Stellan Skarsgård for Andor. <laughs> both incredible performances. They both deliver two of the best monologues I've, I've heard in a, in a good little while. One Way Out. I've made my mind to send this place. Holy shit. Very good. And they're great. Every time. Stellan Skarsgård a Jedi? I don't know. I don't know, man. I uh, Maybe. I think so. But also, he doesn't have to be. It's fine either way. I think so. But I don't know. Maybe it'll be a question that they'll always have us ask. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, number two, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, that's that was that's what I was gonna put my money on. Man, those fucking performances are so good. Yeah. How do you care so much about one man's eyebrows? How do you do it? How did Colin Farrell make me give a shit about what his eyebrows were doing in every scene? I don't know, People, but it's great. This award, have you been keeping up with the award seasons? The chatter? Uh, that Colin Farrell should get recognized for all three of his fucking 10 out of 10 performances this year after Yang was also very close to being on this list. Well, it's just, it's funny because ben, Brendan Fraser has had such momentum through the whole season. Yeah. But you know what people love more than a comeback story? It's just a working actor. It's just yeah. someone who has for two decades just delivered solid performance after solid performance. Yeah. It, yeah, he's great. Yeah. This is it's a fun year. It's fun a year fun for year. the awards. And and yeah. Just- Oh, the two of them Deserves in this movie, it. amazing. Brendan Gleeson amazing. is great and incredible in that role. Uh, yeah. And I hope he gets recognized as well. But Colin Farrell, it is, it is yeah, something. Colin that is a up, great like, performance. Yeah, he's he's on another level with it, and it's and it's great. And Colin Farrell had such a good year. Like His performance as the Penguin and the Batman is one of the most fun performances I've seen in a while. And his and I don't know if you ever saw After Yang. No, I it's a to. it's a it's a beautiful little movie, and Colin Farrell kills it the whole mm. time. Just a good year for Colin Farrell. And my number one performance of the year: Michelle Yeoh and K. Hai Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. <coughs> they should both win all the awards. All of them should be there I mean, forever. K's 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 getting it. He's gonna win an Oscar. He's gonna win an Oscar. He's gonna oh win an Oscar. Oh my god! He's gonna win an Oscar, and it's gonna be beautiful. And I want Michelle Yeoh to win that Oscar too. Yeah, but she's sometimes delivering... Kate Blanchett is right in your way. That's the fucking problem, man. 
and you haven't seen Tar yet. It was rough. I, I walked know. into Tar going, Mandy, Michelle Yeoh got this in the bag. Sometime Kate Blanchett is in your way. Sometimes Kate Blanchett just goes, just goes, ah, sorry, this this is my year. Sorry. It would spike. But Michelle Yeoh, for yeah. real, is delivering like a fucking amazing, amazing performance in this movie. Heartfelt and warm and and just oh, so good. Smart. It's just so good. Yeah. Nuanced. Um, yeah. Everything, about everything butt you, plugs and raccoons. Everything you've ever loved about Michelle Yeoh is in this movie and even more. Like, yeah. Just great. Just so good. But yeah, and Kei Haquan is going to win an Oscar and we're all going to cry and it's going to be beautiful. Um, great. I'm going to roll into my number two thing. My number two pick for 2022 is... The Hum Goes On Forever by The Wonder Years. There is a song that I put on a playlist. I'm going to pull it up. But please. Um, The Wonder Years is my favorite band by A Country Mile. Um, I love them. They are a a punk band out of Philadelphia uh, that I've been listening to for (laughs) 10 years. Um, I... I love them so much. I've loved every single one of their albums. And in all the like lead up to this album, all their singles were great. Um, old friends like lost teeth is like fucking a banger of a song. Um, uh, but you know, in interviews and stuff leading up to, to the release of, of hum goes on forever. Uh, they kept saying like, oh, if you like the Wonder Years, like this is the best Wonder Years record, like hands down. And people always say that about their like new things. Like they're like, well, I was like, oh yeah, this is the best we've ever been, blah, 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 all this stuff. But there was something about the way they were saying it in interviews that made me go like, okay, you guys are talking about this record in a way that you haven't talked about your other records before. <laughs> and I'm really curious. Yeah. And then it comes out and the first fucking line of this album is Dan Campbell all alone singing I don't want to die. And I was just like, "Oh, okay, here we go, baby. Let's do it. Let's get into it." Um it's a beautiful album full of love. Uh it's about loving, like just the concept of love and loving whether that's your family or the city that you live in or your job or the people you work with or your friends or whatever. It is all about, about that love. Um, and it, it, it is just everything that the Wonder Years has ever been. And it's just perfect. Like it's just, uh, I think the worst song on the album is summer clothes and summer clothes is still a fucking phenomenal song that I really like. I like um, the ending of that song. I love yeah. I love a instrumental. Yeah. Break. It's it's great. Um and it's it's just it's just really beautiful all all around. Um and yeah, I I I got to see the Wonder Years do their do their um album release show in New York for this when I visited in October. And it was just amazing. Uh, I hadn't seen them since before COVID. Uh, and even since I lived in New York, 
Um, so it was really, really nice to get to see them again and at a really great venue that I loved. Um, and because I went to that show, I'm like in the music video for one of the songs. Cause they did like a live music video. Uh, I met really wonderful people at that show, uh, who I still chat with on Twitter and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was just one degree away album. from, from, a famous filmmaker i don't know if you want me to say it but just yeah yeah one degree away from ari aster which yeah. is kind of fun um yeah it was and one degree away from the wonder years like some of the hannah sidelitz who i met at the thing who were now pals like was texting dan campbell a, he- a hero a seminal artist of my life yeah was just texting him before the fucking show it was crazy it was crazy um yeah, and this album just just takes everything that the Wonder Years has ever been, and 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 really just like is like yeah, we're here, we're doing it, we're doing the thing. Uh, and it's also really nice because because uh, when Sister Cities came out, their last album, they were kind of saying like we don't know if we're going to make another album. We think we probably will, but we're not signed to make any more albums. We we love this record. We don't know if we have anything else to say. And then they they decided to to come on back, um, which I will always be thankful for. And they've said that they they've kind of through COVID has kind of like changed their minds about it and kind of been like, oh no, we have to do this until we can't anymore uh, because like that. it might just go away at any given second. Really, it be like just, that, huh? It might just all disappear one day. So we're gonna do it until we can't. Uh, which is uh, wonderful for me because I love them. Um, but this album really just... Uh, punk is such an interesting genre. Um, it, to me, I, I'm sure other genres do this, but but especially the Wonder Years in punk, like the way they're able to capitalize on, on the like musical dynamics of like, soft parts to loud parts and how Dan is able to like use the quality of his voice between like what I'll call it like smooth singing and then like the rough singing like when he's like oh this moment needs a little bit extra something he makes it rougher and, and it comes out a bit um you know with a bit more of that like gravelly sound um just to really hammer home whatever point they're trying to make and, and it's just beautiful. Um, this record means a lot to me. I will, I will love it forever. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just great. A- Andrew, I, I, you, you said you, you got a chance to listen through it. Uh, what, what did you think? I know it's the not Paris your style of, style of music. Yeah, the Paris of nowhere. That that's on the playlist. I like that's that. on the playlist. It's on the playlist. Hell yeah! That's not even a single. That was that's just a banger. It's just a banger, yeah. Um, I've I've listened to the Wonder Years before. I've listened to their their last album. You have, um, yeah. 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 It's, it, it's not the the style of music that I listen to normally, but like. <laughs> You see the growth in an artist. You see, you see just yeah. from this that last album I listened to to this one. 
this one was like, dare I say, very Renaissance comparatively yeah. to 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 Sister Cities. Yeah, Sister Cities. Yeah. Where I feel like this was a lot more bops, a lot more not bops as much as bops is no the I, opening I, I line of 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 the of the whole thing is I don't want to die. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot more like yeah, just aggression. A lot more. Yeah, yeah. It, it really gets back to the like Sister Cities has a lot it's of like alt rocky stuff. Yeah, back to the music. Um, but uh, Sister Cities is a bit more like. It's not an experimental album, but like for the Wonder Years, it's very experimental. Um, and the hum goes on forever. Really, just goes like, no, no, no. We're we know how to we know how to write a punk record. Don't don't ever don't you ever yeah don't you ever yeah we know how to write a punk record and it's and it kicks ass from from top to tail. Uh, and it's just it's just great. And yeah, every song is just so good. I I I just love it. Like. <laughs> old friends like lost teeth uh lost it in the lights you're the reason i don't want the world to end fucking all all bangers all the way through paris of nowhere great song great track yeah Ooh. very very good loved it loved it loved it loved it what is your number two my number two would be the rehearsal the rehearsal an indictment of every overthinker who's ever lived just a, yeah. a <laughs> this is who you are to everyone in your life <laughs> <laughs> you're nathan fielder <laughs> everyone who's ever been like but what if they do to say that what if i have to but what if but what if i did <laughs> yeah uh what yeah, if... andrew this was this was a a late addition to your list it you was. thought it came out in 2021 and then you texted me and you were like actually the rehearsals on my list i don't know where it is but it's on the list and you should watch it yeah uh and i was like all right cool i'll, I'll check it out and i watched it in two sittings uh of three episodes each because i could not look away from whatever the fuck i was watching May- just so you just so i can tell you my friend andrew what you did to me for two days oh just what of just what the fuck what am i look what's happening what's happening what's happening for two days easily in a comedy club or not the hardest i laugh was nathan getting back to his jewish roots him direct decorating his house showing his fake child his his religion, his heritage, and then we just cut to our favorite old woman, our favorite old Jewish woman, just saying, "Well, you know, well, you know, Israel is really demonized." In the, in yeah, you should you should use your platform to be pro-Israel. Uh, I think I think that's a very complicated issue, and I know I. It's not that complicated. You're either you're either with Israel or you're not. Great. That life though. Oh, I love this person. Oh, this is great. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you know, these are oh, uh oh, oh, oh. Oh oh, oh, no. Oh no. (laughs) Um yeah. What what is there to say? I I've had many conversations with many people. What what is it? He ruined that kid's life. It's He's not is evil. it? That's is like, it? 
It has to be. Is it? It has to be. That's my thing. But is it? That's but is it? That's the That's beauty. where that's what I'm How saying. How did the rabbit come out of the hat? How did the rabbit come out of the hat? Maybe man? it was just sitting there for six hours. Or or maybe he's actually magic. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he's actually magic. Maybe Pit and I don't, actually are wizards. I don't think there is a child alive who could act that well. I that's where that's where I fall down on it. I don't think I don't think you can. You don't I think don't he think, was getting notes like, "Oh, I even think I was pushing too hard." Oh, okay. No, right. I don't think it's possible for a child to act that well. Yeah, maybe, I think he ruined that kid's life. Maybe that kid should have been my in my uh, in my act. Your top performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just. It's a crazy no, show. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy show that I am in love with. That I think is there's gonna be a season two, which I'm down for. I'd love to see what? it. What? But what is it gonna be? Right? What the fuck is gonna be season two? Is he gonna ruin everyone's everyone's life? Oh my god! Everyone's life. When is that? Does that coming out this year? What's, I have no when idea. I think Maybe this year, probably either late 2023 or early 2024. Oh my god, that's I. Oh holy shit! I didn't know there was gonna be a second season. This felt very. Angela is like <laughs> batshit. Just <laughs> it was a chocolate bar. I don't care. You were eating a child's feces. It's, it's, it's satanic. What? It's satanic. Well, maybe you should write a list of all of the things that Satanists do so I can look at it and know when I'm doing something satanic. What is happening? That show is crazy. Like, I was just... Nathan Filter got a divorce during the pandemic. Just makes you think. Oh, boy. Boise. That poor, poor autistic man. I hope he's okay. I hope he's doing all right. Holy shit. No, no neurotypical motherfucker could ever come up with anything like this. There is no way in hell. He is really playing 4D chess, right? He's, he's, Nathan Fielder is, is existing on another plane from all of us. In a world post YouTube to have an entire country go, but did he ruin that little boy's life? Did he ruin but that little boy's really life? Did he really ruin that little boy's life? After seeing Borat 2, I didn't think that this kind of thing would work. This mockumentary exposing people, exposing yeah. these. I thought Borat 2, it was like, oh, it was cute, it was fun, whatever. But seeing this, it's like, oh, wow. you Sasha Baron Cohen really passed the baton, huh? Yes, to Nathan Fielder specifically. Really passed the baton. Because this show was crazy. I could not look away from it. Like, I could never, I could never, at the end of any episode, I could never tell you what the fuck was about to happen. Yeah. Like, uh, truly. And the the second episode starting with them, with it looking like, looks like them kidnapping a child. 
is <laughs> fucking crazy. I was like sitting on my couch, just like, what am I watching? What if my roommates walk in? Like, what what are they gonna what think is happening? What's going on? I because I can't explain it because it, they haven't told me yet. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm looking at. What from my perspective, it looks like a bunch of grown adults with a bunch of cameras in a house and they're kidnapping a baby. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. You I saw on Twitter you said you weren't thrilled with the final scene. What yes. what about it? Okay, so the final scene of the rehearsal is Nathan Fielder, the real man. As, as much do if that exists. No, no, no. Here, here, let, let me go through all the layers. Nathan Fielder, the real man, being on a TV show that he is the creator and director and, and star of, who then became a fake father to a fake child who is now pretending to be the mother of one one of the children that play that pretended to be his son talking to a different actor who was also one of his sons pretending to be a different child. Just so you know what the fuck is up with the end of this TV show. And he has this whole monologue. He's talking to his fake, fake son, fake, like triple fake son at that point or something. Fake son. That's (laughs) that's the name of my tequila. (laughs) Um talking talking and just has this like monologue about about like you know loving and protecting and all this sort of stuff and it ends with him saying because you're my son because you're because i'm your dad and then the fake fake son the fake 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 son the fake fake son i don't know saying like whispering like oh I, i thought you were my mom and then he smiles and says no i'm your dad and then that's the end of the show. There's no more narration. It cuts to credits. And I guess there's a season two. See you later. And I didn't like it. And I thought it just felt... The rest of this show had been very narrated and, and very like introspective on Nathan Fielder's part. Talking about his experience and talking about what was going on. How much you believe any of it was real is, you know, that's up to you. Obviously, there's a level of performance, but I think, you know, I think he ruined that kid's life. <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's where you're at. Um, and and I just felt like the end of the show didn't do the rest of the show justice in that in that sort of conversation that he was having. And it just didn't really work for me. But it, literally every other part of that show, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm just in. Yeah. Yeah wild show a wild show a train wreck of a spectacle so i would love and to say that we've been he's recording. gonna, get, you he's go. gonna get sued be probably like 15 years by that kid for sure gotta say what a what a day will that be um yeah <sighs> 
just I'm just thinking about that 15 years in the future reading that going what yeah so Nathan Fielder did do that that's wow. the thing we're not gonna get we're not gonna know until that happens unless the contract of a century unless the contract of the goddamn century which they would do I gotta say a fucking they shipped a bar from New York to fucking yep Ohio just cause uh yeah directors uh do you want to roll right into your yes will do um one more uh honorable mention uh one of the greatest filmmakers of all time making a very sentimental movie steven spielberg the fableman hell yeah uh dope dope dude dope movie yep my number three Number three. Will be Damien Chazelle. Babylon. Hell yeah. Just. That's great. A movie that I just. Like, I didn't expect this from him, but he's the only person who could have made this movie. Yeah. Like of all the movies that I thought this guy, the guy who just made Whiplash, the movie that just shook Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. This is like this is what I hope he would make in my wildest dreams. Yeah, and he did it. And, the and o- it flopped. Yeah, the only thing that I dreamt was that it would be a hit and it's not. And it's not a hit. But hey, it's still pretty fucking good. No matter what, we got it. It really did just, just really did just flop. It flopped so fucking hard. It made People, so little money. Megan made more money in so much two money. days than two Babylon days. made in two weeks. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh-huh. It's crazy. I see where people put, <laughs> we're getting off track. Um <laughs> Damien Chazelle really has proven himself to be a force to be reckoned with. I, a very interesting filmmaker. Yes. Like, one one to really, like, he was always one to watch. But something about Babylon, like, really turned a corner for Damien Chazelle, I think. So, I don't... Succession, I think, was a big thing for both of us. But one oh, yeah. thing that I've learned... Uh, from my good friend Kendall Roy, there is such thing as being too self-aware. It's true. But Damien Chazelle just made you go, yeah. All you have to do is be self-aware. You have to, you yeah. have to kind of know. The movie doesn't talk about it. It doesn't. But the movie knows that La La Land is too white. <laughs> the yes. movie does know that. It, yeah, it's the, crazy. The movie doesn't talk about whiplash, but the movie does say, yo, this obsession you have is going to kill you. Yeah, it's you <laughs> it's are going not going to gonna end well. It's not going to end romantically. No, it's not going to be sweet. It's not going to be something that people are like, ah, well, no, it's none of that. No, someone's just going to walk off into a dark street and you're never going to see them again. Yes. It is. That's it. It is something that I just, yeah. It's something that I always wanted, but didn't know I wanted. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
and again, I do have flaws with it. I'm excited to see it again, but yeah, as yeah. just as a film, that movie, the director, David Chazelle, great. great. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> On from one vanity project to another, my number mm. two, Alejandro G. Iñárritu, Bardo. What what's the full title? Bardo, False Chronicles, uh, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths. Cool. Um, it's funny that the guy who won Best Director back to back, the first person to do it since John Ford, made a like a three hour vanity project about his like inner life, and no one's so, no one's talking about it. No one's yeah. it, it like. If Babylon flopped, what what did this movie do? I don't think it even played in my city. Like, I, yeah. like it just didn't happen. Um, it's on Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> but there was something. I think there's a lot of issues with Bardo, but once again, it's a a director who just goes by their gut, who trusts mm. themselves. Where even and you see it, much like Babylon, you see it where there you were like, nah, you should have listened to someone. Sometimes, not all the time, rarely all the time. Yeah. But sometimes the producer is right. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you do need to cut something back. Every once in a while. But it's just nice to see and in, in, in the past decade that we've had of filmmaking, it's nice to see that like artists are getting 80, 90, 100 million dollars to do this crazy, zany things. Yeah. And, you know, with, there's no one more you can trust that with than Alejandro G. Iñárritu. Like, yeah. Super <laughs> Beautifully made movie with beautiful shots and just very oddly told. Very, mm. yeah. Crazy that I'm, I'm 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 excited to check it out. Yeah, three hours. Just remember that. I'm aware of how many three-hour goddamn long movies you want me to watch. Oh wow! Speaking, I really got a trend here. Number one, of course, we all know who it was going to be. Much yeah. like we all knew what the highest-grossing movie of this year was going to be. Yeah, of course, Jimbo Cameron, James Cameron. Avatar. Oh, Jimmy C. Jimmy C. <laughs> I mean, what can he like? Mocap underwater. Why? And they made a three-hour <laughs> yeah. movie to say why. Why? <laughs> why, James? Why? Just yeah. It, honestly, for my artistic life in twenty twenty-three, I want to. I this is these are my mentors. All three, All just right. do it. Just do it. It might yeah. fail. You might just belly flop in, in front of everybody and just bomb at the box office or make this vanity piece that no one's... Like, critics aren't talking about Bardo. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange. But just do it. Trust yourself. Yeah, James Cameron, I think, really... The, if Avatar shows anything, just shows the power of waiting. 
of, yeah. of, of sure. visual effects, of of story, I'd say. And also, it's just crazy. As much as I was talking my hype, I was. you were there. You heard it. It's recorded. Mm-hmm. This movie, I, the movie could have bombed. The movie could have just... It could have yeah. made $900 million, and that would have been a disaster. Yeah. But he really made Lightning Strike twice. I've been saying... Yeah. I told this to Justin. How is it that he made two of the highest-grossing movies? Two. Uh, not in a franchise. Just two movies he made both in their time, the biggest movie ever. Mm-hmm. And he's still the underdog. And he's still, everyone was still like James. Avatar had no cultural impact. What do you think a sequel's gonna do? <laughs> and one billion, $1.5 billion later. Yeah. yeah. Jimbo. Jim, Jimmy C's. Jimmy C's. In, in transition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go for it, bud. Um, my uh, directors. I have honorable mentions. I have for everything else. Uh, I have uh, Matt Reeves for The Batman. Uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki for Elden Ring. Alex Garland for Men. George Miller for 3,000 Years of Longing. Uh, Kevin Perjurer for Disney Channel's theme, A History Mystery. Guillermo del Toro for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. Uh, Ty West for X and Pearl. And uh, Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion. Ty West is also an uh, uh, honorable mention for me. That's a, yeah, Ty West It's too. good. It's good. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, what's this? Okay. Um... Okay, my number three is also Damien Chazelle for Babylon. Uh, we talked about it already. I don't need to say more. It's really good. <laughs> Go watch Babylon. No one else will be there, and it'll be a nice Exactly. <laughs> no one else will be there, so just go. Just so go. Just, I if know. you ever wanted to just smoke pot at a movie theater and not get kicked out, yeah, they're just the happy you bought a ticket. Just buy some popcorn. Yeah. You're good. Just buy some popcorn. You're good, bro. <laughs> that theater's yours for at least three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number two, Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, we've talked a lot about Banshees already. Um, We're at that for point all the in the list, right? Yeah, uh, for all the reasons that we talked about before, like this was very much, you know, this guy being very retrospective, and I just think it's really beautiful, and and all the shots are are really well done, and and all that stuff is just just really really good, fantastic film. Everyone should watch it. Uh, and my number one uh, is Daniels, Daniel Scheinert and Daniel Kwan for Everything Everywhere, all at once. Uh, a phenomenal film, uh, really just just great. Could have, yeah, just just fucking good. I, I'm rolling right into my number one. Exactly, I was about to thing, say which I was which about is to say everything. Yeah, my number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um. It's a, it's a good, it's like just one of the best movies. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's one of these movies that 
it's been so long since I've like watched a movie and hit the credits and just been like, Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. Oh, like, I don't know. Like that was, that was amazing. That was beautiful. You know, I saw it on like a Saturday afternoon by myself with like 10 other people in the movie theater and we were all crying and it was just like, Oh, this is just good. Like, this is just wonderful and goofy and silly in all the right ways. Um, it takes itself not too seriously, but it, it knows what it's talking about. And, and the writing is great. The performances are all great. Um, just, yeah, just a beautiful, beautiful film. I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. Everyone I've told to watch it is just like, Oh yeah, that's just, that's just a great film. Um, like it is, it has become the movie that I'm annoying about. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? Don't you love when you're annoyed about when he, it's I'm the greatest? So annoying about this movie. If I find out that somebody <laughs> hasn't seen it, I'm like, oh, you have to watch it. I I really don't like that thing that people do. Like, oh, they find out you haven't read a book or a movie or seen a movie or something or whatever, and they're just like, oh, well, you have to watch it. You know, it's it's so good. Blah blah blah. All this stuff. I'm like, I don't think you have to watch anything, and I don't. You know, I think what I've kind of turned my response to like somebody being like, Oh, I haven't seen all the star Wars movies or whatever. I'm just like, Oh, you have good art to watch. Like, that's great. Like yeah, you have, you have this cool, good experience that I love <laughs> in ahead of you. And that's beautiful. Like, you know, I love introducing people to stuff that I love Yeah, to be like, Hey, like this is something that I love. I think, I think you would enjoy it. Um, I think that's really nice. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the, in the dating world and, and going on dates with people and, and finding out, you know, stuff that they like and stuff that I like and, and being able to talk about it and introduce it to new people is something that I really love, but you got to watch everything everywhere. Like you just have to, like, yeah. it's just, <laughs> it's so good. I can't say enough good things about it. There's no way. I was hyping this movie up for like a month to, to Aaron and Shelby. Uh, and then one day they were like, Hey, we're going to go see it. Do you want to come? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'll go see that movie. Of course. Any day, every day I'll see that movie. Um, and we went to go see it. And afterwards, Aaron was just like, Oh yeah, you couldn't say enough good things about that movie. It's just the best. It's just the best. Like, it's just amazing. Um, and, and the fact that that is like a shared experience, (laughs) across everyone I've talked to um, no matter how into movies they are or not, you know, Aaron who sees maybe, maybe 10 movies a year um, or me and you who see at least 52 (laughs) movies a year. Yeah. Bare minimum. minimum 52. Um, Yeah. Is, is really wonderful. Um, and, and I think everyone should watch this movie. I think there is something in there for everybody to enjoy. Have and... you shown it to your parents or to anyone above the age of like 35? Uh, yeah, I got my mom to go see it. She loved it. Uh, she then got her mom to see it, uh, uh, my grandma, and she also loved it. So... People just be loving this movie. My mom fell asleep, and I know what? my dad wouldn't like it. It's too good. Damn. I think my dad has seen it. Me and my dad don't really talk about movies a whole lot, so I don't know. 
I know the but butt plug. The butt plug scene. He just he would just be like, "Oh, this has just gone too far. Now it's just stupid." Yeah, that's that. I know that. It's yeah. just like it's just now. It's what I the last movie I I made my mom and my grandma watch with me was the Green Knight, and I forgot about the jerk off scene. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, oh just just a just a." A few as, seconds have just come on a hand. Oh, geez. Yeah, I, I, like, I fully forgot about it until Alicia Vikander showed up on screen again. And I was like, oh, no, I forgot about that scene. I'm just going to hide under this blanket until it's done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Everything Everywhere, just phenomenal film. Uh, everyone should watch it. The performances are great. It's just good, man. It's just good. And and, I, and it, it, I, for real, it did take real restraint on my behalf to not put it in like every single category. <laughs> did you it, not? It was. You didn't put did it not. in script. It's not in script. It's not in score. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's in performances and it's in directors. Uh, I mean, it's not in disappointment. Hey, hey. So, you know. And Andrew's number one thing of the year of 2022. It would be the film that just took over America. Took over the goddamn internet. The world, truly. Maybe not the world, but for sure Twitter. R, R, R. What a blast. You know, yeah. you know, when you said Andrew likes maximalist things, I was like, dang it. I'm, and I'm over here having a bar. I can't I really can't <laughs> say nothing. I really can't say nothing. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Every time something happened in that movie, it, I just I heard you in my head going, hell yeah. And I, and I was just like, yeah, this is Andrew's favorite movie. Yeah, yeah I get it. What a blast. Oh. We, there's so many three-hour movies, especially lately. It's a trend. Yeah, oh my, oh my Jesus. Really, so really listen to Justin saying every movie should be 90 minutes or three hours. <laughs> um, what a blast. Fly, I've seen it twice. Flies by. Flies by the three hours, at least for me. Um, it didn't for me, but I, I, I get it. I understand. I had such fun it's also revolutionary it is who oh, go oh, yeah take down <laughs> the queen yeah this is the movie i watched when the queen died <laughs> as you should uh yeah I, one of the biggest regrets of my life i had to work snl really be robbing me of my days there yeah. was a they showed it in imax at lincoln square Mm. And the response on Twitter, people said it was the greatest, like, theater-going experience they had. Like, oh, Patrick yeah, H. Sure. Willems said something along those lines. Yeah, he was all about it. Did you watch his video? No, I didn't. He has a video on RRR. I highly recommend it. It's really well done. Uh, Sidant uh, Atlanka, I don't know how to say his last name, unfortunately. Um, who's like a, a film critic and, and a very cool, cool dude. 
uh, co-wrote it. He co-wrotes co-writes a lot of stuff with Patrick, mm-hmm. um, but he co-wrote the RRR episode, uh, and it's it's really it's really wonderful. I highly recommend. Yeah, I, I also I also highly recommend uh, his video on what is the most '80s movie ever made. It's very fun. What is it? I'm not going to spoil it for you. <laughs> what I want to hear your RRR thoughts. Uh, RRR is exactly the type of movie that Andrew loves in every way. Um, <laughs> they dance with at their one suspenders. Point, they do dance with their suspenders. Natu Natu kicks ass. We all we can all agree. Natu Natu's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, at one point in <coughs> the first, not really the first, probably the second of like seven climax scenes that this movie yeah. has, um, a dude. A leopard jumps at a guy. That guy catches the leopard and then throws it like a football at another guy. And the leopard like choke slams that that dude into the ground. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is happening? This if Top Gun, if the original Eat Top the Gun rich. is cocaine, is cocaine the movie? I don't know what this is. This is this is something different. This is meth. It's I don't know. It's something. Um it's 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 a lot. And I and watching it I was like, okay. This movie's not for me. But I was I I do understand why it is appealing to people. I think the heartfelt nature of it. I think the action of it, I think the way a lot of it is shot um, is very enticing and is very like, is very different than the like bland Marvelness of a lot of modern movies, especially yeah. Marvel movies. Um, and, and because Marvel movies have become like the blockbuster of, of the modern era to see a blockbuster like this that is so antithetical to everything that Marvel is. Um, I totally get why people love this movie. I totally get why this this had the, you know, cultural moment that it did. Um, it just was too much for me. It it felt way too long. I thought we were at the end of the movie and then an <laughs> intermission happened and I was like, why is this happening? I have to sit here for another 90 minutes. God damn, bro. More like, movie, man. I'm 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 tired. I want to go to bed, my guy. Like I I can't do this, friend. Um I also wish I know this is not this is no fault of the movie and I did not knock it any points for this movie. This is more a knock against how Indian cinema is distributed across the world. Um, the only version available to me was its Hindi dub when the movie is originally shot in, I believe, Tagalog. Yeah. Um, but the, the the main two actors do also speak Hindi, so they, they did their own dubbing, um, which is nice. But it's still just like, you know, you could tell it was all ADR and you could tell that it wasn't, you know, 
it just didn't fit quite right. That's um, somewhat so at wish... Netflix goofed up. No, that is that is actually a way that Indian cinema gets distributed. Ah. Each language version gets different distribution rights. Um, like for all the different things, and Netflix just got the Hindi one. Okay. Um. So that's that's what that is. Siddhant Banka also wrote an article about it for IGN about like here's the best ways to watch RRR. Um. So I yeah. It, it, um, but yeah, it was just like, it's a lot. And, and I get why people like it. There's a lot of cultural stuff that I just like, don't understand because I'm not Indian. I don't <coughs> know that much about Indian culture. Um, you know, there's obviously very like religious, uh, imagery in there that is like calling back to certain, uh, deities and, and like folk tales and legends and myth and all this sort of stuff that I was just like, I know you're referencing something, but because I don't know what you're referencing, I don't know what's going on. And it just didn't quite work for me. Um, also, I don't know if I could ever complain about Zack Snyder using slow motion ever again. Because <laughs> this movie is half in slow motion. Yes, it is. All those scenes <laughs> in slow motion in real in real time. This movie's <laughs> easily two hours. Easy two hours. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah, I, I I don't want to keep you know talking about. I didn't really like RRR, but uh, what what is it? Do you think that really made this the standout movie of the year for you? It was people. It was it was me keeping my ear to the award shatter and just seeing people talk about it. The Fablements has grown on my list of movies that I like a lot. Not quite mm. like RRR, but. But it's just people talking about it and that just reevaluating mm, what okay. it meant watching it just for me, what it meant just seeing the cultural impact. Why did it take so many people by storm? Why, you know, I, I know no one in, in Texas, no one where, where I live in Texas saw RRR. I know yeah. that. But they have Twitter. They and do. they follow me. They seen some of those two clips. Yeah. And they must have been like, who are these two dancing suspender boys? Like, <laughs> they, there's, there's something so, I feel like, inviting about that movie that is fun in a, like, in a, action movie way that is just so modern there's something you said mm-hmm. about marvel it do, it's the antithesis of marvel yeah but there are a lot of moments that do feel like marvel that when the one of the first scenes i know it's not the first scene but when one of the first scenes is meeting one of our leads who's fighting a tiger just you know as you do as you do. Yeah, these dudes are superheroes. Like they like this is a superhero movie. And then it takes and then you see the other lead who's fighting 2500 men all yeah. by himself just yeah. to catch one guy. Like he's catch Captain America. Guy. Yeah. It's crazy. There's something of just like yeah, but aren't the American superheroes so boring still? Let that's yes. some, that's some boring nonsense. This is how you do a superhero movie. They even give the the 
the uh like tribal guy the the forest yes. lead they give him the like captain america winter soldier moment with the two ropes yes you know like captain america's pulling in that helicopter and he's just like flexing with yes. two ropes as he's trying to like pull a tiger back to so that he can't get killed it's crazy also they're both hot in different ways yeah they're both there's the one guy the the colonel who fought a hundred men yeah, and yeah. lived to tell the tale. A bajillion men, yeah. Hot, sexy. Uh, Lupita said about the other guy, she said, I like the schlubby guy. And I, schlubby? And I was like, here's the thing. Because she was like standing next to the other guy. He is, yes, schlubby. And I was like, I hear what you're saying. He looks like what every schlubby guy thinks he looks like. Who would whatever... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, there's a nice t-shirt that just fits well. Every schlubby guy thinks he looks like that guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I I think this movie just is so good. It's so fun. And, like, outside of Top Gun Maverick, uh, this is what I'm going to think of this year, was just RRR, just the fun, hearing people walking down the street out of movie theaters after walking out of Thor Love and Thunder and hearing people mm-hmm. say, whoa, did you love RRR? And I was like, man, I wish it was you. Yeah. That's great. I- I'm glad that a movie like that happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, like this movie for, th- this movie for years, this year for movies um, was really nice i know we got babylon right at the end that said like oh yeah movies are dying and movies have always been dying um and and it does have a sort of a cynical look at that but it is hopeful in a way and especially in a year where we get stuff like rrr making it huge in north america um and we get stuff like top gun maverick and everything everywhere and the fablemans and avatar way the way the water and tar and, and tar like you get and banshees like you get all of these great movies that are and even like smile i didn't like smile but it was a but small it was a little hit. movie it was huge that like quadrupled its budget yeah nope did great yeah like, in its run like this this was a year that like yeah the marvel movies that came out they did well like they're marvel movies Ooh. But this was really a year that, and maybe this is just because of like the people that we follow and, and the communities that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. But it, but even outside of that, I don't, I don't know many people who were like talking about the Marvel movies this year. This was a year where people were talking about everything, everywhere, and Top Gun Maverick, and RRR, and Nope, and Babylon, and you know, like. Even Black Panther kind of like came and went yeah. like it was no big deal, which is crazy. Like Black Panther was a huge cultural moment for the world and and the sequel comes out and it's kind of like, yeah, all right. And everyone kind of moves on. I, I think it's I think it's very interesting. I'm I'm excited to see what 2023 brings for us. We're getting a lot of great directors coming back with with new new movies. Um so, like early set photos of Francis Ford Coppola directing his new Do you movie. See him also walking came on out. set. Hell yeah, baby! <laughs> really sad. If you want it done right, do it yourself. 
Yes. Uh, so I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how what that kind of means, like moving forward. The fact that you know the highest grossing movies of the year are stuff like Everything Everywhere and Top Gun Maverick and Avatar is really cool movies, and really nice. Not Everything Everywhere, but Top Gun Maverick and Avatar movies that are sequels. Every bit yeah. of of the issue that we were talking about with rebookals for years. But yet they did something. But yet they, they did something. They tried. <laughs> right. They had a little. They had a little special something. They I don't did know. Something. It's yeah. It's crazy. It's almost like if you let artists like take their time and think about what they're making and and make art with intention and I don't know. Just not churn out a machine of three movies of a year. Maybe you get some good fucking movies that people are talking about. Yeah, when you make forever. a movie and not just make something to make sure it hits a date. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy how how good you can get. So excited to see Oppenheimer and Barbie. It's really like oh, old. Yes. It's like old film fans. Film fans. But like. Truly, like, the old internet of film fans versus the new internet of film fans. It's such an yes. interesting combo. It's such... The yes. movies, you gotta... No matter what, we all yeah. win. <laughs> Even if both somehow, those movies suck, we all win. Somehow, pain feels good in a place like this. <laughs> and on that note, I'm Andrew Thomas. I'm Sam Bannigan. <laughs> that is our, our Tips and Tops episode of 2022. Thanks so much for listening. If you listen to this episode, listen to our other episodes. This is this is our, our opus every year. Um, but truly, we have, we have episodes for pretty much every year, for every week of the year. Um, and I'm sure we've seen something that... We've seen pretty much everything that we talked about on, on our list. Um, and we've seen plenty of other stuff that to varying levels of success um so yeah thanks so much for listening you can find us all over the place at welcome back pod yeah 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 uh that's a great way to support the show if you want to follow us on there uh or link trees link tree slash welcome back pod also probably changing in the next couple of weeks just because link tree supports crypto bullshit and we don't want to do that so uh we're gonna not be on that platform um yeah, that's a great way to support the show. You can also like, subscribe to us on the different podcasters of your choice, which is also maybe going to change a little bit, but get better uh, in in the near future. Um, it will. So, yeah, it'll get better. Um, so, that's a great way to follow us. You can also find that on our link tree um, and like the track, review the track, like the podcast, review the podcast, all the different stuff, and all the different podcasters. Fantastic way to support the show, but. As always, the absolute best way to support the show is... It's not the end of the year, but it's the end of the year. It's the end of our year. Yeah, it's the end of our year. But, like, (laughs) it's time to... to, Everyone went back to work. This is is not the time, but it is the time for season's greetings. Hang out with your friends. Talk to your friends and family. It's, It's... It's still January. Some people didn't get a Happy New Year's call and not a Christmas call. Give them a yeah. January random day call just because you were thinking about them. And while you're talking, 
tell them about us. Welcome back. Tell them about us, baby. Talk about us. Be the reason why you connected with someone. People who need people need to listen. So welcome back every week.